Welcome to Fire Breathing Kittens, an actual play 5th edition Dungeons and Dragons podcast. Every episode has a self-contained plot with a beginning and an end, so you can listen to these adventures in any order. Each microplot fits into the overarching macroplot of the whole season. Today we are joined by Jenny of the Cruds. I like that. Jenny of the Cruds is a 10-foot tall loxa dragon. That is half dragon, half Dr. Crud. She wears a poncho, thanks to Uncle Beans, and she is a level, what are we now? 13? Yeah. 13 rogue. She's a rogue because since her, since she's half dragon, she needs to build her horde. It is in grain. She has to do it. It's like OCD. And she's one years old. Yes, happy recent Egg Day, Jenny. We are also joined by Cairn Nuada Kiristerian. Cairn is a, he's a shadow elf druid of the land. He stands a, a little under six feet in height. He has kind of long white hair and pale skin with uh, blue-green eyes and some, some tattoos that are a bit hard to see. He, he tends to wear pretty basic clothing, so he kind of rocks a green shirt and has a bit of a brown leather duster coat that he likes to kind of stick stuff to. It's a bit homemade, so it's got all sorts of things on it, like leaves and some moss that he, like, found on the roof sometime, and he's just kind of happy to, to have joined the fire-breathing kittens. Yeah, welcome. And... Save the best for last, Stella Argentine. <laughs> yeah, so um, Stella is a uh, is a sorcerer. She is level thirteen, draconic bloodline. She, like Jenny, is half dragon, but her other half is dark elf. So um, because of that combination, she's albino. She has very pale skin and uh, and silver horns, silver tail, some silver scales on her body, but she usually hides those. And a new kind of a new addition, like these weird half-formed wings with scales and feathers. Um, yeah, she's she's rocking a bit more of an emo vibe now. She has like ripped jeans and um, and platform boots, and well, like a corset top, I guess, with like off-the-shoulder sleeves. And she also wears her her cloak and sunglasses as she always does when it's daytime because her skin is very sensitive. And she also has a little a companion, Lenny, who usually just fetches the booze, but does other things too sometimes. Can't forget about Lenny. Okay. Where are each of your tattoos of a fire-breathing kitten on a shield? Well, I have had to think about this for quite a while because Jenny is one. And what tattoo artist in their right mind is going to tattoo a one-year-old? So it's actually <laughs> embroidered on her poncho. Yeah. Cool. Um, yeah, go ahead, Karen. Uh, Karen, uh, he got the tattoo on his neck. He uh, he didn't really know where to put it, so he's just like, yeah, here, here seems fine. It's like easy access, so it's just there on his neck. Yeah, and Stella is Stella's is on her shoulder, the top of her left shoulder, I believe. It's light blue and usually hidden by a piece of clothing like the cloak, but really easily revealed. Okay, hidden. I guess is neck revealed or hidden. Revealed, yeah, it's pretty obvious. Okay. Hidden, revealed, revealed, okay, okay, no reason, no reason. (laughs) It is the butt crack of dawn. You are all standing in line in a bakery, tired from a long night spent adventuring. Please subtract half of your HP, half of your hit dice, 
and half of your spell slots at every level from your character sheets and gain 30,000 gold each. We got hurt. Dang. Uh, So half hit hit points, half hit dice. Yep. And half of your HP hit dice and spell slots at each level. Okay. um, Rounding down. So three would round down to one. (laughs) Thank goodness, because I want to keep my seventh level slot. (laughs) Well, if you only got one, that rounds down to zero. Oh, seriously? Yeah. Wow, what were we doing? (laughs) Getting 30,000 gold. Who's going to explain to Dr. Crud why his daughter got beat up? So whose organs is he taking? Not it. (laughs) You're fine. (laughs) Uh, Is that going to be Karen or Lenny explaining that? (laughs) Three rounds down to one? Oh, no. It's it's okay. I still got a good 60 hit points left. We're good. All right. So Jenny's down to 47 HP. Oh, bye-bye, pretty spells. I know, me too. <laughs> oh, like... the wondrous pretty spells. Oh, oh, actually, wait, I just remembered. I have sorcery points. And my, and my like, sorcerer stuff is relatively low cost. So, oh, we're good. <laughs> yeah, and for anyone listening, I'm just doing this because 5th edition is not designed to be run with one battle at full health and full spell slots. It's actually more designed to run like this. Okay. Has everyone removed... <laughs> Half of your hit points, hit dice, and spell slots at each level from your character sheets and gain 30,000 gold each? Unfortunately for the first part, yay for the second. Yeah, same here. <laughs> I'm just like, man, we making bank. But also, that must have been some hard missing. <laughs> wow. And Karen, you good? Yeah. Oh, okay. well, I wouldn't say good, but uh, it, the thing is done. They've got all these jingly coins now. Excellent. Well- no, no wonder no, no wonder her jeans are ripped. She didn't have ripped jeans before this, but now she does. <laughs> and that black eye she's sporting. Oh boy. It's okay, she covered that with makeup. Standing in line, smelling that bakery air, looking at a chalkboard overhead behind the counter that lists baked goods available, the line shuffles forward. Behind the counter, a half-elf in her 30s with a healthy tan and hazel eyes wearing a flower-dusted apron and loose shirt with the sleeves rolled up, looks at you expectantly. Mm, can I please get a coffee? And do you have anything stronger than that? Like, can I get, like, three shots of whiskey in it? One coffee and three shots of whiskey. Thank you. Also, apologies, I need to practice accents. That's why I'm doing this. Suffer. Oh, we will. <laughs> <laughs> Are you going to pay? Uh, yes. How much does it cost? Three gold. Yeah, whiskey. I, is it expensive? Um, I I give her three gold, and um, I also give her a tip. Like how how attractive is she? <laughs> Karen's player. How attractive is she? Mm, ah, she's good looking enough. Yeah, if you like that sort of thing. Okay. Uh, two gold tip. <laughs> so I subtract five gold. Good morning. Could I get some uh, anything strange breakfast wise that you might have going? Oh, it's been a long night. Karen, it's good to see you. I always love seeing regular customers. Do an insight check. She's going to reach behind the counter and pull out a blueberry rhubarb muffin. That is a 15. And way, I can't believe I'm now a regular customer. Do I get like a badge or something? Well, I wouldn't have made these blueberry rhubarb muffins if it weren't for your suggestion. 
blueberry rhubarb. Yeah, I mean, it, can, it could work. Yeah, I mean, like, sure. Yeah, I, that's what I said, isn't it? <laughs> it was the last time you were here. You're a good regular customer. And then your insight check of 15 passes. So when she says the phrase regular customer at the end of that, her facial expression changes. And with a 15, you would say, the half-elf looks worried. Her eyebrows furrow. Is, uh, is everything okay? Like, are you worried about these muffins? Or, like, you're up very early as well, so... Oh, it's nothing. It's just... Seeing you reminded me that there's another regular customer I haven't seen in a while. Normally a customer comes every Thursday morning and clears out all the bread we have. Really helps keep a business afloat to have large orders like that, you know? But he didn't show up Thursday. Or Friday. And today's Saturday. I hope nothing's happened to him. A missing customer. Hmm. Hey guys, do you know anybody who, like, uh, buys a lot of bread? Do you know anyone who buys a lot of bread? I, I don't think I would. Are you asking her if she knows who this person is? Or I'm is, asking... like, is she included in the you guys? Or Yeah, everybody. I'll just like, if there's anybody in the shop, does anybody know anybody who like, maybe they're like, I don't know, just really like bread or, or like, like to feed the ducks or something. <laughs> the half-elf chuckles and says, yes, he's a tall human, wide, usually wears a black suit and sunglasses. His name is Walter Tebow. Loads the bread into a big white truck with lettering on the side. What was it? Hmm. I honestly can't remember what it said on the side of the truck. Some kind of acronym. Okay. Walter Tebow. Doesn't ring any bells. How much for the, uh, the muffin? Since you designed the recipe, half a gold. Oh, no, I give you two gold. I, I seem to have a lot of these now. And you, miss? Milk, and he's paying for it. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Uh, you get like a really long glass of milk. That's because my long neck, huh? <laughs> and then after serving the next customer, she's available and she starts tidying the counter. Hmm. Okay. Well, I, I guess I want to know more about this like um, missing customer. So like I, I kind of like lean forward uh, on the counter and say like, so this this Walter Tebow he said that he's a regular customer. Like, how long has he been coming here? And I guess how how old do you know him? Well, a few years now. He comes in and he buys a lot of bread, loads it into the van. I know him pretty decent. He comes in on Thursday mornings and also every now and then on Tuesday for our croissant and chat events with his brother. They hang out. And have you seen his brother by any chance recently? When was your last croissant and coffee chat with with his brother and him you know they did miss the tuesday one as well i last saw them last saturday a week ago they came in on an off day and seemed extremely happy it was unusual and generous they way over tipped and she beams at you guys she likes people who over tip uh, just just to be clear if if he buys a lot of bread and he's not buying a lot of bread anymore are you, like, at risk of going out of business and there won't be, like, a bread shop here? She looks stricken and says, I, You know, why don't you check up on his brother? His brother, Arthur, uh, who meets Walter here sometimes for our Tuesday croissant and chat events. He works at the potion shop on Mowbray Street near Grackle Alley. Maybe it'll be good for my business if you find out why he's not coming in. 
Well, Stola's gonna ask for some bread. I'm just like, well, if he buys a lot of it, I, I want to see what the um, what it's all about. Could I have one of those breads? Like, I guess give me your fanciest bread and then your least fanciest. So two breads, please. Oh man. Okay, so you now possess one bread loaf that is a sturdy. <laughs> wheat bread and one white bread with a woven braid around the top and birds in the middle like doves with olive branches whoa and like which which one of these like does he buy the most is it like does he buy expensive ones less expensive yeah always the the bread for the masses the wheat one that's like a normal loaf of it's not sliced do they have sliced bread in medieval fantasy worlds Hmm. yeah why not I guess, I guess, like, they, they could have, like, a service to have it pre- pre-sliced or something. Yeah, what else do fighters do in this world? So, yeah, it's sliced, <laughs> and it comes in a, a cloth bag. <laughs> yeah, I, I turn to the rest of um, them and, and say, well, I guess he just, he, he wants to buy a lot of bread. Looks like he wants to feed a lot of people or something. Interesting. Yeah, I take a bite out of the fancy one. It's delicious. <laughs> yes. Jenny, would you like uh, would you like any anything else with your milk? Like, I think she might be stuck for cash, so I don't mind buying you like uh, candy bread or something if they have something that you might like. Jenny didn't hear you. She's mingling with the crowd using doo doo poodoo to distract people and pickpocketing them. <laughs> Make a roll for pickpocketing. Oh, I will be happy to do that. Um, well, that's a natural twenty. Plus 15, that's going to be a 35. You acquire an additional 50 gold in silver pieces from everyone in the room. 50 gold and silver or in, in 50 gold and 50 of, silver? It's in silver, so it's like ah. 10 times as many coins. Gotcha. Oh, I'm sorry, Karen, did you say something? Do you, do you want any sweet treats for like later or something? It's on me. Yeah, everything. Sure. Can I get one of everything that's sweet in this place, please? Like, in, like, a bag or something? Oh, bless your heart. And she does. And it's in a fancy catering box. Boxes. Stack of boxes. How much for all of this stuff? 50 gold. (laughs) Sure, no problem. (laughs) I'm kind of worried you're going to go out to business without the bread person (laughs) buying, so, yeah. (laughs) It, she puts in a little extra and, and says, bless your heart again. This will make Jenny happy. I'm sure if you just talk to his brother Arthur on, at the potion shop on Mowbray Street near Grackle Alley, maybe maybe he's sick in bed or something. I don't know. Mm, who knows? Maybe he'll like some treats, but I don't know if we want to share. Um, no, this is just for me and you. Yeah, that's cool. It's cool. And Stella. Stella can have some too, because we're dragon girls. Oh, you're dragons. <laughs> Yay. Oh. Yep. Yeah, I, yeah, I guess. Mm. Well, We're sisters. Let's go to the shop. Oh yeah, I guess. He could, yeah, That's sisters cool. in crime. <laughs> do you think like do you think like I could be like an honorary dragon? Like, yeah. I'd, I'd have to like it'll be on you. Like you're like members of the dragoness community. It's dragon with an S at the end of it. Um, so, I mean, like, maybe. I mean, like after um after the way you fought last night, I could definitely yeah. Sure. Cool. You can be an honorary part of the dragon community. Stella's vote is yes. I'm still on the fence. We got a few more. I have a few more tests for you, but you're uh, doing really good. That's fair. Exclusive club. Completely understand. But once you get that second yes, you're in. Wow. So close. 
All right, so should we like check out the potion shop or something? Maybe they have something interesting too, like oh, wait, some interesting what? potions. I'm I'm sorry, I'm lost. Why? Oh, because like um, the guy's brother works there. Um, this Walter Tebow guy. And who's Walter Tebow? Oh, a guy that went that might be missing. He was a regular customer here. Yeah, like um. Oh, this guy's missing. Oh, he's dead. <laughs> dead. <laughs> Probably. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I got nothing else to do. I, I can, I can, you know, use a few potions. Wink, wink. I wonder if they have any pick-me-ups. I don't know about you, but oh, last night was rough. Oh, you, I can pick you up. She lifts you up. <laughs> oh, you know what? I don't hate it. And she tosses you out the front door. Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> Quicker way of getting places. All right. Where are you going? Mulberry Street at Grackle Alley. Okay, you I wrote it down, haha. Yeah, yeah. What's the guy's name since you wrote stuff down? Arthur Tebow. <gasps> oh my gosh, I'm so proud. Okay, oh, the <laughs> listeners don't know this. This is a mystery, and I have, I have put more gold at the end of the successful mystery solutions. There will be an ending. There may be two of the endings don't have gold. Uh, whatever, there's five endings. We've got a variety of gold. They do better. The mystery, they get more gold. Okay. Oh, yeah, there'll be an ending one way or another. <laughs> there'll be an ending. Okay. <laughs> you attempt to go to Mowbray Street. Describe what you do to navigate your way there and do your choice of skill check. Mm, can I, like, persuade people to show us the way if if we get lost or, like, um, as the first thing? <laughs> yeah. Okay, cool. Let's see. Uh, that is an, oh, wow, 18 plus 11, that's a 29. Uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, you find, you find Mowbray Street. <laughs> okay. All right, success. You are at Mowbray Street, everybody. Go ahead and take a look around. Perception check? That's a dirty 20. 16. Tw- 27. Okay, so, Stella? You see a flyer pasted on a building's brick wall advertising hot fireball wands with an arrow pointing down a dark alley labeled Grackle. The other two, you both see the wand flyer and you see a store on Mowbray Street with a sign over it that says Miu's Mizu's Potions for Adventurers. Well, you guys know what? Jade would love one of those fire wands. It would help her make fire so much better. What do you think? Yeah, and I want to see what they're what they're all about as well. Sure. Yeah. Yay! Let's go get a wand. Let's go to the wand shop. <laughs> well, this is a potion shop. It's a dark alley. All right. So you follow the arrow of the flyer <laughs> pasted on a building's brick wall advertising hot fireball wands, which pointed down a dark alley labeled Grackle. <laughs> the building walls and streets are cobbled with stone. The air smells a bit like a certain something something. You, you're in. You raise your eyes as the alley's destination is a higher elevation than where you stand. About 30 feet up the stairs, a man is sitting on the ground with his legs out. He's short as he is round, has strawberry blonde hair, shale gray skin and is approaching middle aged he's sitting on this gross alley stone wearing a loose fitting violet nobleman's robe with a starry blue sash hmm. so to summarize because i was too long 
alley, uphill, dude sitting on the stairs. Do I recognize that symbol? Because I'm like one of the, I'm kind of a noble. There's no symbol. He's got... Or like the colors, I mean? Yeah, this dude's rich. He's got violet nobleman's robe with a starry blue sash, and he's sitting on stinky stairs in an alley. I see. Hi, rich dude. He stands up and dusts himself off and says, Hot fireball wands. Get your fireball wands. That's why we're here. Excellent. 100 gold per fireball wand. Well, you got to sell it to us first. I mean, you got to make us want it. Yeah, exactly. What, like, what's the... We, we need a sales pitch. Oh, they want a demonstration. Okay. Ah, sure. Um, He reaches <laughs> into his robe and he takes out a wand, holds it up, and uh, holds out a wand to each of you and gestures for you to hold it up as well. Everyone do a perception check. It will be a 25. Also 25. 18. Oh, okay. So, Jenny, you see that it is 15 inches long black cast iron it has a handle like a coffee mug that your hand comfortably fits into which you would say is an unusual thing for a harry potter wand style you know ask wand to have a handle and both stella and karen see that at the base of the hilt tiny stamped letters scrawl the artist's signature barry rawlings insight check oh yeah just for those two Mm mm-hmm Oh, yeah, I don't see nothing. The 19 again, plus 20, 30, 20. That's a 24 total. Okay, you both pass. This short-as-he-is-round guy in violet nobleman's robes just turned his head and looked at both ends of the alley and then back at you all. Okay, continuing. Mm. He points his wand to the uphill recesses of the alley. Jenny doesn't know nothing's going on. She's just watching. Yeah, and I, yeah. Same as uh, same as Stella. She's just like, ooh, I, th- I think I know what this um one might have an alternate use. Let's see, let's see what he does. I want to look at the places he looked at just to see if there's anybody being a bit creepy. You see no one in the end of the alley you came from, or in the end of the alley that he's pointing to, with his wand. He's just a weirdo. <laughs> well, so are we, to be fair. Mm-hmm. He ch- he checks both alleyons again, and says. Boom. And we all die. <laughs> uh, still, still waiting for the fireball to go off. <laughs> <laughs> he looks down at the wand and he says, he, he rubs it, you know, on his robe. You know, he p- points it at the end of the alley again and he says, boom. And, you know, he rubbed it like on his butt <laughs> and, his hip, and now he's like pointing at the end of the, wa- the alley again. The second time he says, boom, with a pathetic little poot. Like a lighter, a tiny flame lights at the end of the wand. It's stable for a few seconds, then goes out. Jenny tries it, pointing it at him. Oh, dang. (laughs) You point your wand at him and you say boom? Yep. A fireball erupts from the end of the wand and he takes 16 damage and his purple robes erupt into flame and he is on fire. (laughs) Uh, I'm, I'm gonna use my I'm gonna use my binding ice spell to put the to put the fire out, <laughs> and he collapses in a heap on the ground, groaning. Well, that didn't happen like yours. Uh, I don't think you're supposed to rub it on your butt, Mister. Oh, did, did I use too much ice there? Sorry. <laughs> uh, guys, I think we need to get the hell out of here. And Jenny runs. 
is is the person still alive? Yes, they are still alive. And Stella, bad narrator moment. Um, I forgot. When you touch the wand, it burns to the touch and you can't touch it. Oh. Ouch, that's hot. Ouch, that's hot. Ouch, oh. that's hot. Ouch, that's hot. So she, Ouch, she that's- just like, dro- she, she drops the wand and then takes out her usual wand and... Uh, and, and like uses that to, <laughs> to cast her spell instead of this wand. Yeah. Just like, ow, yeah, this really is hot. <laughs> yeah, like, oh my God. Yeah, because she she's like, um, this guy's trying to scam people, so she doesn't feel bad about using her um her, her ice spell on him anymore. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Are you picking up the wand from the ground and taking it with you, or are you bolting and leaving the wand next to him? I, I'm not picking it up. Okay, I, got it. I'm, I'm handing my one to Jenny because Jenny seems to know what to do with these. So, like, that's Jenny's the best already place. gone. Oh, well. Okay, okay. Jenny's out on Mowbray Street. Uh, Stella has dropped her wand and is out on Mowbray Street. Karen? Yeah, I'll just, I'll just leave it there and go. <laughs> I don't know what to do with it. Drops the wand. Okay, so you've got one wand with the group. Okay, you are now back out on Mowbray Street. Stella, I want you to do a history check. History, okay. Uh, two. That's going to be a two for me. <laughs> okay, that's pretty low. I'll make yeah. you do one later. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Keep going. But well, one one thing though, I'm just going to say that is that is so weird. Like, um, do I see Karen and uh and Jenny yes. on the street yet? Yeah. Yeah. I'm just going to say like, wait, how 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 were you guys able to touch it and not immediately dropped it? It was like burning me. What I want to know is why did his come out in a little fart and my came out with a big blast? I think he was think, doing it wrong. Yeah, I, th- I think he was selling a defective product. Okay, well, that, that, okay, we'll, we'll go with that. And as for you, um, Jenny touches the wand to her shoulder. It leaves a raised blister. Oh. Oh, wait, to, to Stella's shoulder or to Jenny's shoulder? It's Stella's shoulder. Jenny yeah. knows she can touch it. Yeah, and you've got that, like, shoulderless fabric on you, right? So it touches your mm-hmm. bare skin, and it leaves a welt. Yeah, Stella just immediately jumped back, jumps back and just goes like, ow! Oh, jeez! It's not a one-off. It's all of them. I'm so sorry. Jenny kisses it. Aw. <laughs> so Stella kind of just, like, pats her on the head and says, ah, thanks, Jenny. Uh, are you taking any damage from that, or just, like, no damage? Cosmetic damage? It's going to stay there unless you get a greater restoration. You got to burn. Oh, wow. Greater, greater restoration? Yeah, man. Wow. I'll like, so, so I, I got cosmetic like... damage to the character. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, so it's like an actual burn. It's like, it's like what, a second degree burn? Yep. Yikes. Um, yeah, she's, she's going to like turn, she's going to say, this is so weird. Like I have, um, um, cause she actually has a rod that she bought from, uh, she bought from Barry like a while ago and she's just like, huh, interesting. So then she, she's going to like take it out. Does that rod burn her? When you touch this rod, you feel that familiar slow sucking feel, like your heart is being sucked out through your arm to the wand. Hmm. This is weird. I Iron has a weird effect on me now. I I don't know why. Here. Um th- this is good for collecting Ekemblim dust though, so eh, I'll, I'll just give it to Lenny. Lenny, he can do the collecting of Ekemblim dust as you've been doing so far, I guess. <laughs> oh, so it's an allergy? I, I guess so. Yeah, it's it's weird because I didn't I don't remember having this when I got the this this rod, but I guess I have one now. It's weird. I don't know. Maybe from exposure. Is it just iron or should we try other metals? 
Honestly, I don't know. I'm guessing that silver is fine, because, well, I'm... She kind of, like, touches her horns. I'm kind of made of silver. Partially. You do not get burned. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Jenny just starts putting different... Let's see what kind of metal Jenny has in her pack. <laughs> uh, ball bearings, so that's steel. Nothing happens. Okay. Uh, a bell, so that's brass. Nothing happens. <laughs> <laughs> uh, let's see. A gavel, that well, that's wood, so... Um, does, she, does she like smack Stella with the gavel or just like <laughs> gently touch her it's just a little gentle tap at the back of the head uh, and, and she says um, order order at the court no no it, actually it's more order order on the Stella <laughs> oh handcuffs I ha she has handcuffs so yeah those are iron ish so yeah those also do nothing okay um, I'm gonna say, oh, Jenny. <laughs> oh, I just got him off of a cop. Uh, oh, she's got a glass bottle. She's gonna put a glass bottle right there on your forehead. <laughs> at this point, a crowd is looking at you, <laughs> and then walking away really quickly. Sola just like raises her cloak of it to cover the new burn. Uh, she also does a paper clip, uh, the no trespassing sign from the zoo. <laughs> Rubber band, tape measure. She's just taking everything out. and Even the iron items have no effect. Oh. Anything uh, that's not iron. Okay. All the so items that I... aren't the wand have no effect. Oh. Just and are you still holding on to your wand? Oh, yeah. Yeah. When you fired it, you felt like a jolt of lightning go from your chest to the wand through your arm. And it still tingles. My heart's tingly. Is that a heart attack? I don't know. I, I was I was having something similar. Like my my heart felt weird. Like it was trying to go through my arm when when I picked up that other rod, like the one I gave to Lenny. But I, I guess I just have like more allergies now. I'm I'm allergic to the sun too. That's why I always wear a, a cloak and stuff. Mm. Okay. Well, it seems like all of my stuff you're not allergic to. It's just the wand. And I'm gonna put the wand away for now so we don't make sure we don't get it up against you and make you, you know, carve my initials in you or something like accidental like. <laughs> Thanks. Appreciate it. <laughs> so she'll put the wand away into her bag. Noted. I mean, unless you want my initials on you. Yeah, there are worse initials to have, but but I think I'm like um I'm over getting tattoos from from things that I don't know about or that I do know about. I don't know. I already have enough tattoos and stuff as it is. Okay, we'll talk about it later. Yeah. <laughs> potion shop? Wasn't the potion shop like right where the guy was? <laughs> no, that was that. We went down the alley, silly. This is on the corner. Oh, yeah. Let's go to the potion shop. Karen? Yeah, yeah, going to the potion shop, yeah, not standing in the street waiting for the guy to come after us, definitely not. <laughs> oh, he got burned up pretty good. I don't think he's getting up for a while. I was kind oh, of yeah, thinking... Oh, yeah, and then frozen. Like, yep. usually, like, yeah, he got burned and then frozen. Like, I think ice is good for burns, right? I wasn't sure if we needed to bury him a bit, just to be sure, but, eh, <laughs> you know. Next time. I'm just going to tell you both, yes. <laughs> okay, good, good. No, that's good to know. Good feedback. So next time, we'll just bury him. That's fine. Yeah, and and next time someone someone gets burned, if I, if I just cast an ice ball on them, they'll be fine. 
Like I said, yes. <laughs> I'll have mommy talk to you a little bit more about ice and heat and all that. And the effect of that on a human body. <laughs> it's a little bit too short to be human, but yeah. Well, short and round, humans come in all sizes. That's true. You push open the wood and glass door to the shop, which is Miyu's Mizu's Potions for Adventurers, and a bell tinkles overhead. A chestnut-skinned, luminous, orange-haired human clerk looks up, and seeing your neck tattoo, Karen, and your embroidered tattoo, Jenny, smiles and exclaims, Fire-breathing kittens, just who I was hoping to see. I've got a job for you, and a high-paying one at that. He's got a black eye. Let me guess, your brother's missing. Uh, how, how do you know my brother? What? He's... Bread. Missing? Wait, yeah, because of bread. Missing? Did they... He stops himself, cutting himself off. Okay, what is your job, and what's up with the black eye, and then we'll get into your brother... He looks off into the distance for a second and then shakes himself out of it and says, uh, uh, here's the job. Please recover my stolen treasure chests. He gets a piece of paper, sketches something, and hands you a drawing of a plain light pine box. Square, no adornment. So he hands us a box? No, he hands you a sketch of a box. Your job is to oh. find the boxes. Oh, this is nice drawing, you got maybe a map to where it is? That's your job. Find out where it is. Okay. And there's lots of them. There's several boxes. Oh, how many? Um, and that's in character where he pauses for a second and thinks. About ten. Okay. So you have, you don't know how many boxes you own is what you're telling me. It's about ten. This sounds like you're setting us to go loot someplace. Oh, no, no. I bought the boxes. Um, yeah, I, I, I bought them because I know they'll sell well in this potion store. The adventurers who come in here to buy potions definitely also need treasure chests. And they'd better, because I bought them using store money while my boss was on vacation and left me in charge. So, uh, if you could help me out here, find the treasure chests, and there's 20,000 gold in it for you. I'll easily be able to make that back if I can sell them to all the adventurers who come in this store. So, help me out. Uh Oh, so the delivery boy never showed up with your wares. Well, no, I, I had the boxes. I stored them in container 2792 at the docks, you know? That's where they should have been, but they're gone. 2792, you said? Yeah. Okay. Hmm. Okay, and what was in the boxes, if I may ask? Is it just the boxes, or is it what's in them? They're treasure chests. You can fill them with whatever treasure you like. Oh, that's okay. his kind of loot of way saying they're empty. They're empty. Okay. Ah, so it's the box. Okay, so 20,000 gold to find some boxes. Okay. Cool. Like, hmm. Okay, Arthur, in the future, speak more plain. Stop this circling around with the crap. You kind of shook me there when you said my brother was missing. <laughs> oh, and your black eye, who gave that to you? It's, uh, just part of life. I fell down some stairs. Yeah, that's a bullshit explanation if I've ever heard one. <laughs> also, we kind of think your brother is missing because he stopped, like, doing his usual bread runs for a while. So, if you want us to, like, go find your brother, maybe do that instead of these box. I mean, they look like nice boxes, but, like, 
I think you got ripped off. He's got a lot to process there. Um, you said he got ripped <laughs> off. You said, <laughs> so he goes, no, they're great boxes. They're going to sell great treasure chests for adventures, right? You don't think my boss is going to be mad at me for buying them, do you? Oh, I, th- I think they're. I think they're going to sell um, really well. I mean, you're, you're going to make that twenty thousand in, in no time, and I think you're going to make more. So, like, um, how can we find your brother too, and like, you throw in an extra, say, twenty thousand in there? What do you mean, my brother's missing? I just talked to him on Sunday. Oh, you did? Yeah. On Sunday. Yeah. And and what what day is it today? Saturday. Oh, but apparently he hasn't been buying bread for a week. Do you guys just like bread or something? Do an insight check as he answers this question, Stella. Okay. And depending Ooh, on your role, it'll, it'll... 18 plus 119. 19 is pretty high. What? No, he doesn't eat bread ever. He's lying. Uh, Stella, Stella, uh, Karen, let's do a little circle real quick. Um, come here, come here, come here, come here, come here, come here, come here. I, 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 I go in, I, I lean into the little huddle. I like bring my coat up to like try and like put it over. As much of the colleagues as I can. Yeah, I, I, I do that with my cloak as well. And then Jenny just encases all three of us in her wings. Ooh, very good. All right, guys. I know what happened here. He saw him last on Sunday and didn't get seen again. Right? Mm-hmm. He's got a black eye. Obviously, his brother hit him and he murdered him for it. Would, would I know how old that black eye looks? You know, is it like two-day-old black eye or like week-old black eye? <laughs> Do a medicine check. Well, no. <laughs> uh, ugh, could be worse, could be worse. Uh, 14. Okay. It's several colors, and if it was fresh, like the first day, it would look different than it looks now. It's probably about a week old. Hmm. Mm, what Jenny says makes sense. That black eye looks old. And maybe he got hit by his brother because he accused him of stealing his chests. I have another idea. What if, like, I don't know, like, um, my my brother kind of looked like that after he had an altercation with with the mob. M- maybe maybe there maybe something's happening with the with the mob. I mean, like, bu- buying a lot of cheap bread for people. I I feel like there's I feel like there's something like, I don't know. Um, she, she's gonna take a bite of the of the cheap bread. How, how does it taste? Is it like? <sighs> It's the kind of bread that if people were receiving, they could live off of. Like mm-hmm. if someone was handing this out at a homeless shelter, it's nutritious. It's whole grain. Yeah, this is eaten bread. She kind of just like wrinkles her nose up because she's she's used to eating like really, really fancy things. Oh, yeah. They bleach all the nutrients out. Yeah, it's just sugar. <laughs> yeah, she, she just like, um, <laughs> exactly. She, she just spits it out kind of and just like, yeah, no, this isn't the kind of bread you would like buy for pleasure. This is the kind of bread that you could you get for people to live off of. So I, I feel like there's something shady going on over here. Oh, yeah. He's definitely getting ripped off by those chests. They're just wooden boxes. Also, if you want to eat something in our huddle, we have like these really tasty treats. So like we could do that, too. Oh, yeah. Yeah. We're, we're, we're all eating at the same time. We're talking <laughs> like, yeah, I mean, like, we don't know where just like. Those boxes are just boring. So, do either of y'all know Zone of Truth or something, so we can get the truth out of this jerk? Oh, I I got something I can use. I I can I can make him tell the truth. I mean, I can also <laughs> just scare the crap out of him. Let's 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 try let's try my version. Um, for actually no, I I want to see I want to see you scare the crap out of him. Let's let's see how much you can get out of him, and, and then and then I'll do my thing. 
where like I, I tell him, I suggest to him, and then he has to do it. Because mm. I'm oh. just I'm just too charming. Okay, let's do it. Because I just looked at my intimidation <laughs> score again and I was wrong. But let's do it anyway. <laughs> okay. the, we, we come out of the huddle and we look. Jenny walks up to him, looks him in the eye and says, You're a lying piece of crap. Tell me the truth now. Roll an as, intimidation check. As intimidating as a negative one will get me. Uh. That is going to be a whopping two. <laughs> This rather, you know, strong-looking, chestnut-skinned, luminous orange-haired clerk, he's not used to backing into the shadows and, like, being passive, you know? This dude will fight you in a bar. And, yeah, he puts his hands on his hips, and then he slowly leans an elbow onto the counter, and he goes, boxes, 20,000 gold. Do the job, get the money. I'm going to lean on the counter, um, too, like almost the same position, but more like leaning down and kind of like sultry and like look him directly in his eyes, like um, t- take take my sunglasses down a bit and say, um, come on, we-, we know that you're that you know more than you're letting on. And then I'm going to cast suggestion and say, why don't you tell us everything you know about your brother, his bread, how he got that black eye and any business that you're involved with? So that was a sentence. Jenny also leans on the counter, trying to look scary. I'm going to read the spell suggestion. Are you subtle casting this? Yeah, I'm subtle casting. I'm using a sorcery point to subtle cast it. Okay, so you suggest a course of activity limited to a sentence or two and magically influence a creature you can see within range that can hear and understand you. Creatures that can't be charmed are immune to this effect. The suggestion must be worded in such a manner as to make the course of action sound reasonable. Asking the creature to stab itself don't work. Uh, must make a wisdom saving throw. Okay. Yeah, wisdom saving throw. My DC is like, I'll tell you after you tell me what you roll. Seven. Nineteen is my DC. It's pretty high. Okay. On a failed save, it pursues the course of action you described to the best of its ability. The suggested course of as- action can continue for the entire duration, which is one action. Wait, what's the duration? Up to eight, eight hours. hours. Yeah, up to eight hours as long as I'm concentrating. If the suggested activity could be completed in a shorter time, the spell ends when the subject finishes what it was asked to do. And you said exactly what? Like, tell us everything you know about your brother, the bread he buys, what kind of other shady business you are in, and how he got the black eye. My brother and I were born. (laughs) He spends an hour (laughs) telling you about his life. Uh, You know so much. First off, Walter Tebow and him, they come from Kefasti. Kefasti is a town in the desert about an hour north of here. The desert's pretty dry. And unfortunately, Stella, you now have a plus two to your history checks forever about the city of Kefasti. Okay. Um, all right. How about useful information? Because that's what I was asking about. Well, it's been an hour. How much would you like to spend here? <laughs> Here's a problem with suggestion. <laughs> you well, got it. <laughs> if we're here for an hour, I'm going to be sitting down, taking a short rest, listening to this guy yammer on for a bit. Yeah. Yeah. yeah everybody can take a short rest. Go ahead and use whatever hit dice you have left. Cool. And after hour one, you have learned the first 15 years of his life. Would you like to stay for hour two when he met his first love? Uh, no, I'm, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to end the spell and, <laughs> and, and try again and say, hey, that's all lovely and stuff. But then say the same thing again. But this time just using persuasion. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, during that hour, spell. Jenny is one. She is not going to be able to sit there and listen to him just yakking mm-hmm. away for an hour 
So she's searching the shop while he's distracted. And okay. yeah. taking stuff out of the till and grabbing potions. Funny thing about uh, some certain types of druids is that you get some of their spell stuff back on the short rest. So mm-hmm. we're getting some spell stuff back. You get a potion of eagle sight automatically and roll to see if you get another potion. And I will pass the short rest since Jenny used the hour to loot. It's resting for a thief. Oh, okay. <laughs> nice. Uh, that's going to yeah. be a 29. Oh, wow. You get two additional potions. That is above. <laughs> that's really high. <laughs> you get a potion of atomic clock. Okay. And you give a potion of one-leafed clover. Okay. Will any of these make me lay an egg? Wow. <laughs> uh. Because the last yeah. time Dr. Crud had a potion, he laid an egg. Um, you know, I should have described like what they look like and stuff. Like, you know, if I you know, if I was better DM, I would have just been like, it's a blue liquid inside a glass bottle and there's like an artistic swirl on the outside <laughs> instead of a label. But no, I just told you what they were. Yeah, you can look all those up. They're real potions. Uh and everybody has recovered your hit points and stuff i am doing that now i I should explain the mechanism how this works is that you roll the number of dice that you have for your hit dice like for example a paladin has a d10 and you have at level 13 13 d10s which rounded down is six left because they fought last night and then you roll six d10s until you recover the amount of hp that you uh one at a time you know you can stop at any time the amount of hp that you lost or until you're satisfied like i've got enough hp so what are your new HP totals, everybody? Well, I use five of my six, and I am up to almost full, 92 out of 94. I've got 102 out of 119, because I, I rolled all of them, so I have no more hit dice left. I have 93 hit points total. Alrighty. Listeners learned a little bit of D&D mechanics. Okay. <laughs> So, uh, now you're doing suggestion. Now I'm doing persuasion. I'm just trying to persuade him to tell him what he knows about the specific things that I asked him. Be very careful about what you say exactly. Uh-huh. And what do you say? And what do you okay. So, I'm just going to say, oh, honey, that's that's all good and nice. We, we we got a nice, like, little story out of it. Some nice, some nice like, stuff in the background. But... Now, um, I, I want to know, like, what have you and what are your, have you and your brother been up to lately? And you guys got any connections with the with the mob? And also, who gave you the black eye? Those mm. are the things I I, I want to know. And it's okay. I won't tell anyone, and neither will we, right? Just just tr- just trying to be like very charming. And she's she's up. She's like also just looking extra pretty. Yeah, right. totally, totally won't tell anybody anything here. Do you want a pastry whilst we're at it? Yeah, how do we have one of these nice pastries? You can have it from my side, you know, just don't take from that. No, not from that side. Take from there. We go. That's right. <laughs> I'm not doing a thing. <laughs> <laughs> All right. And roll your persuasion check, Stella. Okay. Uh, I, I only got five plus 11, 16. All right. So he did beat it and he will give you half. Because okay. I'll give you something. I fail forward. Yeah? Fellow mm-hmm. DMs, fail forward. Give him something. <sighs> All right. So you can see we've had a pretty complex relationship. And yes, it was my brother who gave me this black eye. I knew it. Did you kill him? What? No. Are you sure? 
What? How would I forget that? Yeah, it can happen, you know. Boom. Yeah, people forget a lot of things. Selective memory. Okay, wait, 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 wait. Were you saying the word boom when you were touching a wand? No, I don't touch. Okay. I, right. I don't have any. I don't have any wands. Uh, I left it behind me. Uh, <laughs> I've been paying DM, attention. DM. <laughs> only you, Jenny has a wand, and I've, it's put away. Yeah, but did you say boom, Jenny? So, like, if no. you're just saying, be careful. <laughs> nope, okay. Jenny did not say boom. <laughs> okay. I'm watching. <laughs> okay. Eh, well, I I guess that's all the information that um that we'll probably get. You guys. You guys got anything more to ask, or um, are we good to go? Yeah, just where does your brother live? In case we wanted to check up on him. Or not. 7835 Rio de Valentin, apartment K. 735? 7835. 835. Rio de Valentin, apartment K. Cool, and if we found him dead, we'll probably think it was <gasps> you. Just so you know. <laughs> well, you were the last one to see him alive. He did give you that black eye. So, I mean, right now you're the main suspect. Yeah, we got motive and not much of an alibi. <laughs> Just because you lie to us doesn't mean we're going to lie to you. Mm-hmm. Next time, don't be so shifty. <laughs> All right, but yeah, we'll uh, we'll go investigate your your chests too so no worries <laughs> to the docks my friends yeah let's do it only good things happen down at the docks as, as far as far as my experience anyways going to the docks today with my new friends <laughs> you arrive at the docks you hear waves and seagulls docks are like wooden bridges constructed on the shore that periodically extend out into the waterways. The solid ground supports large warehouse buildings, and it's all fenced off, so you can't get in. You know how bad. In parentheses, it says, wait for them to get in on my sheet. <laughs> <laughs> all right, guys. Well, I don't know about you, but no fences ever stop me. Jenny's going to look around for witnesses, and when she, if she sees none, she's going to vault over the fence. People at the docks don't really meet your eye when you look at them. Then Jenny vaults over the fence. Um, okay. So let me describe the fence. The fence is 20 feet tall and has barbed wire at the top. It's chain link. Hmm, chain link. Cool. I, I'm going to Misty Step into it. I, I'm, I'm just going to cast Link. I'm just going to use my free casting of Misty Step to do that. Because I, I get one free casting per day. Yeah, go ahead and read that. Uh, Misty Step? All right, let, let me find that. Um, yeah, I, I get it because of my Fae Touch um, feet. So, okay. Briefly surrounded by silvery mist, you teleport up to 30 feet to an unoccupied space that you can see. Stella's in. Jenny's going to grab the um, the hood from her lantern, throw it over the barbed wire, and clamber over the fence. Well, I think uh, probably take Stella's approach, and uh, I'm going to do something similar and use a blessing of the non-copyright version Shadow Elves. Um... As a bonus action, you can magically teleport up to 30 feet, and then starting at third level, you also gain resistance to all damage when you teleport using this trait for wow. the next turn. You're all in. Your Sweet. robe has holes in it permanently. And two of them cheated. 
I'm just like <laughs> blushing extra shadows off myself as I like reappear. They're like, oh, just get everywhere. And, and I don't care about the my, my lantern hood. It can have holes all at once. I, <laughs> I think a hooded lantern is when it's got a piece of metal so it, it shines in one direction. But I'm going to just roll with it because you probably also have a hood hood. I don't, it's all good. It's all good. I'm just, all right. It's fine. Okay. All right. You're in. Beyond where you entered is a boat launch area, wood planks sloping down to meet the water's edge. On the right are square stone windowless buildings. Upon closer inspection, the closest building has self-storage units, 10-foot-tall gate-style doors, spaced 10 feet apart from one another. Repeat, repeat, repeat. Doors down the whole length of the building. Each door has a large number painted on it, 8713, 8715, 8717, etc. All right, guys, I think uh, we should mosey on down there and look for 2792. 2792, sounds good to me. Oh, and by the way, we're trespassing, so shh. Oh, okay, all right. I cast Pass Without a Trace. Mm. And Excellent. Now- all your feet have like these extra bits of shadows on the bottom of them. It's like walking on clouds. It's really quiet. So like, it's grand. You're all cool. Oh, yeah. And I, I just realized like um, Lenny wouldn't have been able to go with us. So I'm just oh, going to yeah. like say, um, hey, Lenny, Lenny c- can you just like, uh, can you just stand watch and like, and let us know if anyone's coming but, and, and try to try to stay hidden or I don't know, like you're like, you're just there. I don't know, like you're working here. I don't know. But yeah, can, can you stay on guard? <laughs> and make sure nothing happens to do to the poodoo, or we're going to have to eat you. <laughs> oh, and uh, hold these pastry boxes, too. <laughs> and don't eat any of it. That is ours. Here, oh. here, here you go, Lenny. And she's just, she's going to toss him a gold coin. <laughs> you you can have one of my pastries, Lenny. Like, just don't take it from Jenny's side. Once you guys are out of sight, Lenny immediately opens the pastry box and takes it from Jenny's side and feeds it to Doodoo the Poodoo. <laughs> oh, that's okay, though. Because she gave he gave it to Doodoo the Poodoo. <laughs> and then eats some. Uh. <laughs> all right. So you are all out of sight of Lenny. He's leaning against the chain link fence, feeding a, a deer the size of a cat <laughs> donuts. <laughs> and you are... In sort of like a self-storage building aisle, you know, if you've ever seen outdoor self-storage units, it's basically a a barn and with like shipping containers inside of the building. Like if that makes sense, like little boxes all connected to a door on the outside of the building. Okay, you're in front of container 2792. It's locked with a padlock. Not for long. (laughs) I am picking at. Are you? Let's see yep. that skill check. <laughs> okay. 14 plus 15 plus 5. So that's 20, 34. The padlock opens. You're in. Perception check. 19 plus 5. That's 24. Okay. Stella and Karen? 9. At 27. Oh, you're good at this. Yeah. I am good at looking at things. Okay, so Stella, it's empty. (laughs) (laughs) But then you look a little bit closer, and it's empty. (laughs) It's empty, guys. (laughs) Now. You're kind of right. Four. 
our half-dragon, half-loxodon thief friend, Jenny. Although it's hard to spot because it blends into the darkness. Oh, actually, I'm going to give this one to, uh... No, yeah, you can have it. Half proficient in shadows, I'll give you. Karen, you're going to get shadow bonuses. Okay, so. You see a crowbar lying in the shadow, Jenny. Maybe it's a crowbar. And you, Karen, you see... You're so good at shadows. You see all of this. And you also see, looking around more carefully, you look closer. So much closer. And you find a single long white hair. Now, as a person who possesses long white hair, you're familiar with this. Because <laughs> you see them all the time. They're like always on places. You're like, oh, I shadow. Them. And, and you know, Stella has long white hair too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, Karen, your eyes, you, you're like, oh, look, I'm home. <laughs> you see long white hair. Hey, guys, there's like, there's a hair over there. And it's not mine because I haven't been in there before you ask. But <laughs> I maybe... haven't been here either as far as I can remember. Okay. Stella. Does somebody want to have the hair? Well, you do realize that that puts both of you guys on the suspect list. Mm. <laughs> what would I want with some plain boxes? To put your hoard in? No, no, I've, I've, I've got it right here. She's going to, like, take out her portable hole, just, like, unfold it and, like, start, like, just take out, like, um a, a bottle of liquor and start drinking it. And, and okay. then put it back. You, you've convinced me. You're clear. Karen? I, I'd be more of an open plan hoard kind of person if i was to do a hoard you know i kind of want to see it all at the same time rather than put it away in boxes okay you're innocent too all right <laughs> let's okay jenny's gonna collect the hair and the crowbar and oh, it's, yeah mm, that's not a crowbar uh oh what is it that's another wand with the coffee mug handle at the end uh guys i think i have a second wand Still is going to just, like, step back. It's like, I don't want to get another second-degree burn. <laughs> <laughs> you could do it, like, two-handed, like, you know, one in each hand, like, boom, boom. <laughs> um, you do realize you just said that, and it's in her hand. I said that you didn't say it. And we'll, we're about to find out if it happens. That is, it's in Jenny's hand, nothing happens. Okay, she pulls out the other... Hey, uh, other one and goes like this and points it to the back of the warehouse boom boom <laughs> um with a little poot it's like a lighter flame out of both ends <sighs> they only have one big boom each oh that's kind mm. of disappointing but they the new one and the old one both poot well if you ever need a cigarette lit we know where to get it she puts them away now how do we track the hair Stella, does Lenny have any bloodhound in him? Uh, I mean, I don't know. Um, maybe Stella! he has some hellhound in him. Stella! Oh, uh, that's that, that's him. Let, let's go ask him. Looks like someone's. Looks like he's in trouble. And she 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 she's gonna go to the warehouse and look to see what's happening. Okay, so you emerge from the storage unit. Yeah. Outside, it's louder. Stella! He does realize we're trespassing. You could get us in trouble. Yeah, he's, uh, anyway, he's, he's, he's kind of like, he's, he's been somewhere, he's been in a casino for the past 10,000 years, so it, it's okay, just cut, cut him some slack. <laughs> and it sounds like his mouth is full. <laughs> Stella! <laughs> oh, and he's eating our stuff. <laughs> hey, it's only getting Stella in trouble, really. Nobody knows we're here. Oh, that's right, let's just hide. You know what, while she's talking to him, I'm going into this container. Okay, so you're all emerging from the shipping container. Jenny's out. Stella's out. 
Yeah, why not? Sure, yeah, yeah, could do that. Okay. You emerge from container 2792. Perception check? This is going to be bad, isn't it? 23. 24. 22. Oh, y'all great. Okay, so... You all get the distinct feeling that you're being watched. Guys, don't look now, but I think we're being watched. Oh, yeah, it's, it's a familiar feeling. <laughs> Tell you what, I'm going to just disappear, and uh, if you need help, yell. Okay, I could do the same thing if you like. All right, well, I, I, I got to see what's going on with Lenny, so, I mean, if you want, you guys could just wait here, and I'll, and I'll investigate. Oh, I already hid. <laughs> Boop. Before Stella goes away, I'm going to, like, tap her on the shoulder and upcast invisibility so that both Stella and myself go invisible. So now we have all just disappeared. Ooh. All right. Do a stealth check, Jenny, and you two do a stealth check. And because you're invisible, I'll have you, like, auto-pass line of sight sort of detection methods. I, I got the, a nat 20, so that's a 22. The pass without a trace, though, will fall. Mm. It will stop at that stage, though. Ah, uh, yeah, concentration, right? Mm-hmm. Mm. Jenny got a 27 to hide. Mm. 17. Mm. Okay, okay. So, surprisingly, the Shadow Elf, not so least stealthy. <laughs> <of> the, okay. <laughs> Busy casting spells, I guess. All right, so uh, you're waving your hands. You're doing, like, Dr. Strange hand motions. Okay, so. And yelling, don't look at me, doesn't help. <laughs> but you are invisible. So... Now, uh, yeah, Stella, you are invisible, so uh, Lenny, as you walk up to the chain link fence, goes, Stella! And, and then she's gonna, she's gonna just say, boo! Ah! <laughs> and he turns around and sees no one there. And Stella just chuckles. <laughs> yes, yes, Lenny? Yes, dear? <laughs> Stella, where are you? Right here! Oh, wow. You're so magical, mistress. What does he call you? <laughs> With his mistress now. <laughs> mistress, yep. Oh gosh, that, 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 that's what they—that's what they call people ten thousand years ago, and it has a different meaning now. But Stella just goes with it. <laughs> so uh, yeah, she, she's she's like she's basically like saying shh. Now what what is it? What are you calling me for? There's a dwarf with a bad comb over behind you. <laughs> Stella's going to turn around, still invisible, and just like kind of step to the side of where she was so that if, if the dwarf goes to like try to catch her or something, he misses. No, no, not now. No, before. When you were in the container, he went where you did. And, well, I mean, if, if you were shouting... Okay, well, thanks anyways, Lenny. <sighs> okay, anything else? No, just the dwarf with the bad comb over. Okay. Um, yeah, she, she, she's gonna she's gonna go back to where the others were, and l while she's doing that, she's gonna look around for the dwarf. <laughs> See if she finds him. You return to where you were before, and as you round the corner, the dwarf with the bad comb over in front of you flinches, because um, you like run into him. Um, ah, rats! And and he covers his arms over his head. Sonal, no! He cries, covering his arms over his head, flinching with his arms, blocking light. And also potentially blows. He sobs, I'm so sorry! Because he thinks he's being magically attacked. So, like, is does invisibility spell end for me when I run into someone, or is, does it keep on going until I do something, like, and, like, attack or cast a spell or something? H how does that work? It ends when you attack. 
Okay. Or I think cast a spell, but you didn't technically attack him. You just walked into him, so no damage was dealt, except psychically. Hmm, interesting. All right, so she's, um, she, like, so this Sunel person, um, she, she's going to, like, play into it and say, um, yeah, you, you know what you did, and, um, and there are going to be consequences. <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> so I, I guess that's intimidation. Oh, oh my, yeah, she, she, she's, intimidation. She's gonna, yeah, she's gonna try to intimidate him and, like, say, and, like, telling, giving, getting, giving more information or something. It's just, like, getting some reaction out of him. Does uh, she get advantage because he's terrified? Yeah. Okay, good. Because that was a low roll. Um, oh, 18, nice. So it was, like, I rolled an 8 and then I rolled an 18 because advantage. So that's gonna be a 26. Yeah. He runs uh, first into the wall, like behind him. He just like turns and runs and then (laughs) smacks off the wall and then turns and runs. Now um, I'm looking at a map here. He goes one, two, three, four squares and he runs down below the water level. So he, you guys are above the water level, if this makes sense. Mm -hmm. The wood planks slope down to the water level. He's going to try to like run and hide. Dwarves instinctively hide down. So he's going to try to run down under the dock so he didn't like launch himself off of the pier <laughs> he did the land version of that dwarves don't like swimming um and and he went under the dock he went he, he's running under the docks well like before he, he before he does that he kind of triggered stella's instinctive kind of like prey instinct because she, <laughs> she's half dragon so she, she's gonna like go out of invisibility to cast binding ice at him um let's let's go like third level yeah third level binding ice and that's like it does ice dam it does like fr- ice damage and also does like it also makes him if he's if he like fails a con save it makes him freeze in place so he can't run away mm. so it's a dc 19 con save okay he failed the con save so he's like Argh! freezes up in place unable to move he slid off the wet planks he falls off the pier into the water and and he splash under the water <laughs> but like okay if, if he was unable to like he was unable to move but he had inertia and the docks are slippery because it's right at the water's edge so he was unable to move it, it forms like ice crystals though yes and the ice is slippery and he just ice cubed himself off the edge oh so it formed like an ice cube i'm just like ah damn it my magic doesn't <laughs> usually do that it usually it usually forms like spikes of ice and traps things in there ah wet dock. magic malfunction okay so then um yeah, I guess because it's like wet and like there's wood. Yeah, makes sense. It like form an ice cube instead and just slid. Okay, so um, she's gonna say, uh, guys, <laughs> I got a situation here. Everybody roll initiative. We've got drowning happening. Eleven. It's a ten. Oh boy. Ooh, I keep rolling eighteens. That's twenty for me. Okay, so that was Stella. Jenny's up next. Jenny, do a perception check. You don't know what's going on. I'm going to do it with disadvantage because she's breaking into another. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, What what number? What number like? Well, still, even with disadvantage, I got a 20 on my perception. Dirty. (laughs) You guys are so perceptive. Okay. Well, I rolled an 18 and then a 14 and I got a plus five. Yeah. Um, Jenny? Oh, she's robbing another tanner. Right. Yeah, Jenny. Yes. <laughs> the look on your face. <laughs> uh, she looks for the cow that made this sound. 
you do not see any cows. <laughs> yes. You have one movement and one action. You are uh, 30 feet away from the edge of the dock. It's not a very wide area. That's why Ice Cube Boy slid right off. Uh-huh. Um, but <laughs> like, oh, was the sound him scoring off into the water? No. Oh, you also a- hear uh, Ice Cube on wet dock sound. Oh. Yeah. So I... Not a cow, so an alarm? It's not an alarm. Okay. She's picking the lock to get it into the next container. Okay, you use your action to pick the lock, and you can use your movement to... Where do you place yourself? Further in the storage unit, or you're 30 feet away from the edge of the dock? Oh, further into the storage unit. Okay, got it. Um, I'm placing you... I can't see that. I have a battle map. You're in A2. (laughs) All right. (laughs) Next up. Karen, because Stella went, she froze a, a comb-over dwarf into an immovable ice cube with inertia sliding off a dock. Um, so, Karen, it's your turn. Do a perception check, because you don't know what's going on. Wow. That's like 16, which is quite low for me, because I'm a plus 10. It, but it's still good, and you hear... Does it sound like some form of creature somewhere? It's really hard to say, huh? You don't mm. see anything. Yeah. But, but now that I, you're listening. Where yeah. do I hear it from? The water. Is it? Oh, it's from the water. Oh, okay. It's a okay. whale. At least it's not me. I was getting a bit worried about those pastries. Um, <laughs> how far away from the docks with the bit where he went over? Or, well, did I see him go over? Probably. No. No. no, you heard a splash. I heard a splash. And, and while Stella said, guys, we got a situation. Stella did say that. Yeah, I'm going to put you in B3. So you're 30 feet away from... Now you're at kind of like the drop-off part of the docks. Mm-hmm. You're not where Stella was where you could you could walk down. If you had the ability to turn, you could walk down. It's like a... There's docks and then there's like a ramp and then it curves back in on itself because both the pier and the slope are going out into the water. Anyway, so you're at... B- Can I get to the water? Absolutely. If you want to jump. Um, like right now and then if you want to spend it's one two so you could spend your dash action and walk down to the water no i think i'm going to jump in and uh (laughs) but remember you can't turn you have not learned that ability yet turning is hard yeah no i'm just going to drop into the water and uh uh i think there's like something in the water so i'm going to you um use my action to wild shape into a to say crab okay at what speed do you go over the edge um i don't know just like dropping speed like 30 feet per six seconds sort of like you moved like you're running off the are you running and jumping off the edge of this pier or are you like hanging from your fingertips and dropping into the water i'll just like drop in yeah okay so you're not frozen dwarfing it no no (laughs) i mean it looks like fun well i didn't see it but sounds like fun but uh Let's see. Blocks. Yeah. yeah. The crab goes little tiny splish. You can hardly hear it above the sound of the waves into the water. And because you are tiny, you see a massive black mound next to you. Like if you'd been running and jumping, you could have landed on it like it's a hill sticking out of the water. Stella, we're back to you. You are currently, I've got you at B1. So you are 30 feet from... Both the slope that goes down to the water and the 
pier that stretches out like a docks, like typical docks, like over the water. So you could be on the raised wood or you could walk into the water or you could go further along the shore. How far away am I from like where? Sorry, let me give uh, the the comb over dwarf a point for drowning and let me look up the drowning. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Now it's okay. Yes. So like how far away am I from where he slid off the docks? 20 feet. 20. Okay. Can I, can I see him? Yes. Okay. He is bobbing. He's ice. He's floating, but it's not good. Face down. Okay. Um, I, what I'm going to do is I'm going to cast Summon Draconic Spirit using my last fifth level slot. Um, yeah, I'm going to cast Summon Draconic Spirit and Summon Sapphire the Safety Dragon, <laughs> who also made an appearance in, um, in Party Animals. So she's like uh, a dragon that's gold with like a silver axe on her, um, and she's holding a stop sign. That's like, that's canon. So a, a metallic dragon. And she does have a sw- swim speed of 30 feet. So I'm going to summon her at the very edge of the of the dock and have her and like basically tell her to like, hey, someone's drowning. Can you take them out of the water? And basically just have her lift the drowning dwarf guy out of the out of the water and bring him back to where I where I am. Absolutely. The completely immobilized frozen in an ice cube while running (laughs) comb over dwarf is lifted by Saphira, the safety dragon. I'm going to take off all the drowning And now he is merely completely frozen stiff and unable to run away, but no longer bobbing in the water as an ice cube. Wonderful. Nice. And and I'm going to like look around kind of. Did did I see, did I see Karen go into the water? Uh, did you do a perception check? Perception. I'm rolling high in perception today. That's going to be a 25. Oh yeah. You're standing next to a giant mountain. You don't know how you didn't notice this before. It's like a huge (laughs) rounded black mound and now that you're looking at it it's got an eye and its tail is lifting itself slightly out of the water and it looks like a distressed beached whale (laughs) oh there's a whale here several of them it's like a pod of right whales is beaching itself and you hear now you hear because you're right next to it it's much louder you know whale sound doesn't work so good in air but standing next to it you would say Yeah, facing the city to your right or facing the ocean to your left, there's a boat launch area. Wood planks slope down to the waves, and there's a black mountain of land in the boat launch? Question mark? Huh. And you said that the whale is beached? Yes, and you in B1 are... Uh, there's 30 feet between you and the whale, so it's 30 feet across each of these squares, so like 30, 30, like 60 maybe between you and the whale's skin, if that makes sense. I see. Well, Snow is going to just, like, raise her head to the skies and shout, Jenny! Karen! We got a beached whale here! <laughs> and a guy in Ice Cube! <laughs> Help! Stealing stuff! Busy! <laughs> <laughs> and that that's gonna be it. There's not much that I can do, except for maybe, like, have the ice thaw. Well, actually, no, I'm not gonna have the ice thaw just yet. He can stay in the Ice Cube for a bit more. <laughs> <laughs> Alright. Jenny, it's your turn. You are in A2, inside the building. You Stealing find, stuff. Roll uh, some kind of pocketing stuff check. My stealing check? That's yeah. going to be a 22. Yeah. You find a spike growth spell scroll, a thunderous smite spell scroll, a brocade merchant's cap trimmed with lynx fur, and a turquoise gem worth 10 gold points. You also find Kyogtum's ointment, spelled K-E-O-G-H-T-O-M apostrophe S ointment. 
and a rosewood comb engraved with floral vines. Okay. Uh. Oh, yeah. Um, DM also wanted to add something. Uh, he would have also taken damage from the ice spell. I forgot to mention. Oh, no. How much damage did he take? Uh, I rolled very low, so just 10. <sighs> he looks nearly unconscious inside the ice cube. He's, he's, he's not like all, a great he's, he's all like blue and stuff, I imagine. Yeah. Okay. You'd say he's just hanging on with a point or two. <laughs> Perfect. Okay. Exactly where we want him for intimidation purposes. <laughs> <laughs> all right, that's Jenny's turn. You got a bunch of stuff. Karen, you're a crab. You're in the water. There, you can see there's seven beached whales. One of them is fully on the shore. Three of them are in the shallows, like the shallows is a straight line. They're in a straight line. And then three of them are in the water, but heading towards the shore. I'm going to try to speak with them. Uh, hello, big creatures. I'm a friendly, not so much a crab, but now I'm kind of a crab thing. Um, what you doing here? And uh, did you see anybody steal any really boring looking boxes? Your ability to speak or take any action that requires hands is limited to the capabilities of your beast form, crab. It comes out in crab. I don't know if they can hear me or not. <laughs> the little pincher goes... <laughs> yeah, because everybody know crab speak is Morse code. <laughs> yes. Sideways walking. Oh my god. So maybe turn yourself into a whale. <laughs> so that was your free action speech. It came out in crab. Oh, rats. Okay, this isn't working. Okay, I'll turn myself back into me and cast Speak with Animals. Okay. And then I'll probably have to speak next turn. Uh, well, so the turning yourself back into you means that you're now, your white hair is fanning out behind you in the water. And uh, now that you're a human, it smells really bad down here. And... Uh, an entire pod of right whales has beached itself. Three are splashing pathetically in the shadow shallows, and one has dragged its massive form quite far up the wood planks. That one isn't moving. The whales seem really distressed, flopping around to drive themselves even further inland. <coughs> and you cast speak with animals. Okay. Uh, then it is Comb Over Dwarf's turn. Frozen. And then it is Stella's turn. Stella. The whale on the on the land is probably dead. Yeah. It's not moving. Oh, oh yeah. Oh, I see. That's rough. Cause I, I was gonna have Sapphire try to push push it back into the ocean, so that to save the whale. Um. Okay, what should I do? Uh, well, I mean, Stella wouldn't know. She doesn't know a lot about nature, so she's just gonna have like her. She's gonna have Sapphire just like drop off the the thing and then and then try to push the whale back into the ocean. Is that like a check that the dragon spirit makes? <laughs> I'm not going to do the math on looking up how much a whale weighs and how much Sapphire can push, but Sapphire cannot push the whale. Aww. So she just like kind of like beats her wings and just and just tries to push, but just makes a little dent. Yeah. And Sapphire's turn is separate than yours, so what do you do on your turn? Oh. You are um, 60 feet away from the closest whale. It's pretty far away. Mm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to turn to uh, Karen and, and say, hey, Karen, we, we, we got to... We got a guy here. He might be. He might be the one that we're looking for. Or he might know something. Do you have any like rope or something that to tie him up? Actually, wait. I have some, but I'm really bad at it. <laughs> so could so could you come and tie him up for me? And uh, yeah, like that's gonna be. I, I I don't know what else she would really do. Yeah. 
As you do nothing, the three whales that were stranded in the shallows expire. Oh boy, I I was supposed to do something on my turn. (laughs) It's not much. I I mean, well, that was your free action speech. Um, Okay. Uh, Jenny, you have thoroughly robbed that place. All right, anybody need help? Or I'm going to move on to the next container. Well, I did ask for it a turn ago. (laughs) Ow! I'm sorry, I didn't hear you. I was too busy stealing stuff. And she'll mosey on over there. What up? Um, Okay, so you move 30 feet. That takes you to B2. You're on the edge of the pier. Maybe like B1. You can move diagonally. If you'd like to move 30 more feet, you can reach uh, an expired whale in the shallows. Ooh, that's big. (laughs) Do you reach it? Sure. Okay, so the current placement is that you're at C2. Okay, you're... Uh, You're standing in the shallows next to an expired whale within 10 feet of it. Karen is at C3 in the water with a whale that is heading inland, you know, splashing furiously to push itself up onto land. And and then Stella's at uh, C1 kind of on land next to the one that has very much expired. It might have been there. It smells really bad, Stella. All right, so we've got C3, C2, and C1. Okay, you're all close enough. All right. The whale... On the shore, <laughs> open. Okay, the whales realize you're here now that you're closer. Their splashing is getting more and more frantic as they react to your presence. Their large eyes look at you, focusing on you. Frantically, they splash. With a giant lunge, the center one rears up and slam. The closest person, which is Jenny, takes eight bludgeoning damage and thirteen necrotic damage from the deceased whale. The putrid rotting flesh over the look on your face is great. I love DMing. The putrid rotting flesh overwhelms all of you. Everyone within thirty feet of a whale, with his, which is all of you, take nine necrotic damage. The whale lifts its body again, maneuvering its mouth, and with horror, you realize that the slam was intentional, not merely the twitch of deceased flesh. Everyone, roll initiative. Thought we already did again. Well, no, you already did. Sorry, that was my hi. <laughs> I write stuff down before the game. Okay, so uh, we're going to take a break here. The whales are undead and they're coming for you. Hey! Wow. Joining I mean, us y- this time were Stella. Uh, this this whale stinks, man. And and I've got a and, and I've got this this dude in ice thing. Ugh, I, I wish we could we, we should get out of here. <laughs> Karen. Jeez, I mean, you try to help somebody, and you know, like. <laughs> <laughs> and Jenny. This is why red meat's better. Is Will red meat listener? Oh, do you have a review for us, Jenny? Oh, that's right. We did get a review. It is from uh, monkeypox13, and it reads, Love the show. This is awesome. Don't die of disease. Five stars. Bye. We hope that you're enjoying this episode of the Fire Breathing Kittens podcast. This episode's shout out is from Ant24 Rain Earth, maybe, who says, quote, This is a special shout out to all my followers and friends. You people are fantastic. Lots of love to the Drakes and Brainstorms crew. End quote. Can you think of someone who might enjoy this podcast? Please share it with them. Is their birthday coming up? A special day? We can wish them a happy message on your behalf. You can arrange for us to read your shout-out on air at firebreathingkittenspodcast.com through our partnership with the website Buy Me a Coffee. Do you enjoy reading books? 
You can find ebooks, paperbacks, and hardcover novels based on our adventures on Amazon.com. The authors do a great job of adapting the stories into fun novels. We also have official merchandise on Redbubble.com. Imagine owning a notebook with the Fire Breathing Kittens logo on the front, or a t-shirt with one of your favorite characters. Lastly, we don't pay to advertise our show, so the only way we can grow is if you tell someone about us. Is there an episode that would make that person smile? Tell them about it. Thank you. Welcome back to Fire Breathing Kittens, a 5th edition bloated dead whale podcast. We are drinking <laughs> by... <laughs> Sorry, the looks on their faces. I'm enjoying myself too much. We are joined again today by Stella. I mean, we've got what we need, <laughs> I think. We don't need more, especially not rotting whale on us. <laughs> Jenny. Uh, there's 30,000 up for grab. Uh, yeah, we need more. Karen. Oh, it's all sticky. I wish I didn't come down here. I have rolled a dice. Everybody else roll a dice. I'm going to hold up this piece of paper which has the dice written result on it so you know it's fair. Six. Eight. Four. The number on the dice was... Can you guys see that? Twelve. Who's the closest to twelve? Karen. Please tell oh, us yeah. the super convoluted thing that happened last time because it was a DM me episode. So what the heck happened? Huh? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, sure. I mean, it's pretty straightforward. So, like, we started out in the bakery, and we were getting some baked goods, but the bakery person seemed a bit sad, so we were like, why are you sad? And it turns out the person who buys all their bread stopped buying their bread. So we're like, okay, his name is Walter Tebow, he has a brother someplace in a place that sells potions. So we decided we'd go have a look. We took a little bit of a, a pit stop off down a shady alley, to find some like sparkly metal tubes that did some things and we won't talk about what happened there because you know we weren't really there when that person got you know exploded a little bit um and then and then we went to the potion shop and we were talking to the man there he said he bought some really crappy boxes that he wanted to like sell to people for lots of money but they've gone missing so he asked us if we'd look into that and we said okay we did so we went down to the, the docks to uh, dock number 2792. We left Lenny outside pretty much just holding down the fort. You know, it's an important job. Somebody has to do it. Uh, Jenny was like masterfully just like thiefing all the way in through the docks to like just clearing the place out. I mean, we, we opened 2792. It was already empty. I mean, fantastic <laughs> thieving. So uh, and then Lenny starts freaking out like i just i don't know if he's he's up for like these kind of stealthy missions so he starts screaming for stella and then there was this guy and then there was like you know he was apparently following us so we went all like super stealthy and then we heard a loud noise and i went to have a look and it was some weird things in the water and i thought they might be friendly spoilers they were not friendly <laughs> and that's kind of where where we're at now with these like unfriendly thingies in the water being real jerks to be honest <laughs> yeah oh yeah what's that spell again the frozen thing is that concentration or duration uh the binding ice it's yeah. it's just it's instantaneous oh yeah let me just double check that um oh yeah it's hindered by ice formations for one minute or until it or another creature within reach of it uses an action to break away the ice. So it's not concentration, it's just stuck in there for one minute before the ice kind of disappears. Okay, all right, so I'll say, like, there's 
four rounds left on that. Some seconds have passed. Um, yeah, but the Samadronic Spirit, that is concentration. Okay. Good so do I, need to do, do I need to do a check since I took damage? I think I would, right? Yes. I'm going to look up the concentration rules and go four turns left on the comb over dwarf. Concentration check in 5e. If you take damage while you are concentrating on a spell, please roll a d20. Um, I rolled a... Oh, yeah. I, I think it's a con save, right? I don't yes. do a con save. Yeah. So, Mike, I rolled a 17. Con save, I have a plus nine. So that's a 26. Okay. 26. And then how much damage did you take? Nine. Okay, so then because the concentration check DC is either 10 or half the damage you take, which is 4. You always run down in D&D. So 10 is higher. You beat 10, and you maintain concentration. Yeah. Excellent. I, I did a roll as well. I also maintain the speak with animals, for what <laughs> it's worth, but like... <laughs> okay. You know what they're going to say? <laughs> Who knows? I don't know if dead things speak well. They might have moved to a different category of life. <laughs> it's, it's trial and error, really. You know, first you try crab, because it's like one of the only creatures that I've seen before. I saw it recently in Nicomoy. I was like, well, maybe they speak crab. It's not. So let's try this. They're probably saying brains. <laughs> How did you I know? Let you know. <laughs> because I speak... <laughs> Jenny, you should have said. You saved me a lot of crab time. I was out stealing crab. That's fair. Is, is, is it making you crabby, Karen? No, no, that's fair. I mean, it's also not like, you know, when you're busy doing stuff, like you don't have to tell other people what you're doing. It's, it's cool. So, battle. All right. Um, <laughs> I have a battle map. I'm going to use my words to describe the battle map to you guys. That way the podcast listeners can also hear... It's a grid of five by five. A, B, C, D, E across the top and bottom. One, two, three, four, five on the left and the right. The first one on the left is A1. Beneath it is A2. Beneath that is A3. Beneath that is A4. Beneath that is A5. The next column is B1. Then down a row, B2. Down a row, B3, B4, B5. The middle of the map is C3. At C3, we have Cairn. You're in the middle of the map. Each of these squares is 30 feet, which is one standard movement. You guys all have like 30 feet of movement, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Great. So you can move to another square, right? Makes sense. Mm -hmm. Square C3 has a whale. <laughs> it's within one movement of attacking you. Well, I don't know. It's a whale. It's hard to say. Um, we'll find out. Yeah. Spoilers. <laughs> and at C2, which is one up, that's the shallows, where you could launch a boat if you wanted or you could get eaten by a whale, as Jenny is doing. Jenny, you're at C2. You're in the shallows. Uh. There's a whale with you. And then at C1 is Stella. There's a whale in D1. It's close enough to you to attack you pretty soon. Okay. So that's whales. Uh, no, that's you guys. Now whales is, uh, there's a whale at D1, D2, and D3. At E2 and E3, and at C2 and C3. So there's seven whales. Yep. All right. Well, y'all can do a perception check, and I'll give you more information. Okay. Cool, 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 cool. Not okay. terrible at these. Roll another 19. That's my number for perception check. So far, uh, 25. 28. 
23. Y'all are so perceptive. Yeah, we can see the whales chopping on us. (laughs) The whales look not good, right? You would say that the amount of stench that you are facing right now is an unusual amount of stench. It smells really bad. So that's the first thing you all notice. And then you're extra perceptive. So you would say that it looks kind of like their skin is sizzling in the morning sunlight. It's really too bad you didn't look for that before. Gosh. And <laughs> so they're cooking on the beach is what you're saying. They're, yeah. It's not going well for these whales. Now that you're noticing... Yeah, they're all very dead. Yep. These whales be dead. Starting out the round is Comb Over Dwarf. I'm going to take you down three left on Comb Over Dwarf. Stella, it's your turn. You're at C1. I'm looking towards the land, right? Mm-hmm. Not towards the ocean. I'm looking into the land. On your left is higher elevation dock and that building further further to the left. On your right is a whale. And looking out to the ocean in front of you is Jenny and then Karen and whales. I see. And uh, uh, okay. you are starting your turn, right? Yeah, is it top of the round? Yeah, so as All you right. start your turn, whale eye happens. Oh, you ready? Oh, <laughs> sure. Okay. Uh, Whale eye. Absolutely. My players look so unhappy. And just like, why are we letting her DM? All right. Whale eye happens. Okay. <laughs> if you look at the whale and the whale looks back at you, this undead right whale can force the creature to make a constitution saving throw. Stella, make a constitution saving throw. Uh, but I have to be looking at the whale, right? Yeah, you were. You, you said oh. that you were looking at the perception checked. Right. Oh, perception check. Okay. I made uh, you yeah, want to look at the whale, and then I punished you for looking at the whale. I know, right? It's just like, okay, 15 <laughs> plus 9, 24. You're very much looking at the whale. Okay. Uh, and, oh, that was your constitution saving throw? Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, you're fine. On a success, you take 20 psychic damage. What? On a success? <laughs> <laughs> As the depths of this eye, larger than a dinner plate, larger than a basketball, this massive eye look back at you and it's starting to yellow a little bit and whiten with death and just the the massive it's psychic damage i don't want to describe it i don't actually have the player psychic damage but your character takes psychic damage oh no sh- the player took it too yeah i, I, I took it too <laughs> such a good thing we took a short rest you're a little bit surprised right so when you're not surprised you can avert your eyes to avoid the saving throw at the start of your next turn just to let you know. Um, and if you do so, you can't see the undead right whale. And that means you're blinded. So like you take disadvantage on to hits. So And you can't get to see effects. So you have to choose to look at it and see the horror that is the, the Moby Dick horror. Or you gotta, you know, you can see it for spell effects, but you take, you know, it's your choice. Oh, so, so if I want to cast a spell at it, yeah. I take damage. You gotta look at it. <laughs> for okay, some, yeah. for a lot of your spells, right? So you, okay. So... <laughs> Oh, boy. Yeah, I'm definitely announcing that. I'm going to yeah. say, guys, don't look at the whale. It hurts. It's so ugly. It hurts. <laughs> um, don't look into its eyes. Your mama's so ugly. <laughs> if I was a bard, I would totally be like uh, <laughs> vicious mockering it. <laughs> um, your mama's so ugly. She's one of those undead whales. <laughs> <laughs> it's just like um yeah like pl- player heard that but character doesn't know <laughs> yeah um okay so what what do I want to do yeah so 
now knowing that and hopefully communicating that to everyone else, and I'm communicating that to my dragon too, um, she's going to like say, okay, <laughs> um, say fire, we're getting out of here. And um, like bonus action convert sorcery points to spell slots. I'm going to convert seven of my sorcery points to a fifth level slot. It's good to have one. Um, cause that's the conversion ratio, seven to five. So yeah, I have five left. Um, and I'm going to get Sapphira to pick up the... Is, is the dwarf like running away? Is he now unstuck and running away? No, he has three turns of immobility left. I see. So, well, she's going to pick up the ice cube then and pick try to pick up other party members if they if they want to be carried the heck out of here. Because <laughs> how, how much movement speed? She has 60 feet of movement speed. What spell is this? Summon Draconic Spirit. It disappears when it drops to zero hit points or when the spell ends, like if I stop concentrating. Uh, it obeys verbal commands, no action required by me, and it shares my initiative count but takes its turn immediately after. And it's a large dragon. Counts as large. For the purposes of the, like, and it has a strength score of 19. Hmm. So it's large. Yeah, large, strength score of 19. So... And a dragon. How corporeal. large is Jenny? She's classified as a medium creature. Okay. And you weigh 1,200 pounds? Yeah. Okay. All right, so pick up Jade. Jade's 300 pounds. You can pick up Nisery. Nisery's probably like 200 pounds or 100. And, and Lenny. And Lenny. <laughs> and me. And Karen. Karen, how much you weigh? Oh, not the huge amount. All right, so the only problem with this plan is the 1,200-pound Jenny. I'm going to go with yes, 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 Jenny, no. I see. Uh... It's okay. It's okay. Go. Just go. No, we don't want to leave you behind. You uh, won't. Don't worry about me. You won't. Uh, okay. So I, I want to make sure that, like, I want to make sure that Jenny is safe. Because, I mean, I care about Jenny. We, we have dragons got to stick together. So and I, with the flying speed of 60 feet, Sapphire is currently at B2. So if Sapphire goes down to C3, that's 30 feet. Mm-hmm. And then... If you want to go back to C2, that's 60 feet. So Sapphira has 60 feet of flying speed. Assuming so, that Sapphira is flying. Yeah, she, she is flying. 100%. Yeah. Um, so she yeah, can I mean, pick up Karen and end up back on the docks if you want. Which okay. would put you up above the whales. Yeah, and, and I, would be, I would be riding Sapphira, of course. Um, oh, well, Sapphira is currently in B2 because Sapphira just picked up Ice Boy out of the... Oh, yeah. Right. So if, if you want, you're at C1. So if you want Sapphira to come to you, that's 30 feet. Well, I mean, she she picked up the ice boy. She she dropped him um, right, she in, in front of me. Yeah, yeah. She she I, I had I had her drop him right in front of right right in front of me. Like bring him to me essentially. Okay, so you and yeah. ice boy and Sapphire are at C one. Yeah, and and I would have like climbed on top of her. Okay, so sixty feet into the water, oh. away from you is Karen. Yeah, and that in that case, I'm gonna like ride like I'm gonna get on Sapphire, have her pick mm-hmm. up the ice boy. Yep, and then and, and then go pick up Karen. If he wants to get picked up. All right. And then come back for, or try to come back for Denny well, later. You only have 60 something. feet of movement. Yeah. So, um, so she, she would just have flown. Yeah, right. So you, you have placed yourself, the frozen Comover Dwarf, and Sapphira at C3. Yes, exactly. Um, that's, All right. I guess, like, where whales are. So many whales are. Just, just pointing that out. Yeah. And would it have been an action to, like, climb on Sapphira, or do I still have my action left? Because I use my bonus action... Or should it, would it just be, like, my movement to to mount her? Because I didn't use any movement. It's a good question. I would Google it. 
both mounting and dismounting require an action in 5e. Right, okay. So then I use my action then. And I guess I would have used the action of the dragon to pick up people. So, okay. yeah, well, that's, that's good. Pick up the ice cube person. Yeah. Okay. So that's. Say Fire's action is to pick up ice cube person and put it with you on the back, and your action is to get on the back, and you're now holding the ice cube person, right? Oh, no. She, she's. Like, say Fire is just holding him in one of her talons. One okay. of her legs. Yeah. She, she, she's not. She's not putting him on the back. It's just going to slide off. <laughs> And now you went from C one to C three. You're in. You're floating over the water, flying on a. I'm picturing the spirited away dragon. Yeah, I'm. I'm. I'm hovering like a good. Uh, I, I'm hovering like a good like. Let's just say twenty feet above the water. So like, so that the dragon, if if she dashes, she can go like pick up thing and then. Yeet. Yeah, that that's it. Unfortunately, you are within thirty feet of four different whales. So I just want to let you know that. Oh boy. Oh boy. This is going to be bad, but you know what? <laughs> save yourself. <laughs> no, it's TNT. I have to save the party. Okay. Um, yeah, that, that's that's what I'm doing. And I have I can summon another dragon if Sapphira, uh, if, if Sapphira gets despawned. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, my God. I'm showing them a map. <laughs> oh. Save yourself. Seriously. You're at C3, Stella, because that's where Karen is. It's, it's okay. I, I got like seventy hit points left, <laughs> and, and now I can look at the dragons. Um, or, yeah, sorry, this, the this dragon has how many hit points? Uh, forty-one left because she took the. I mean, assuming she took the necrotic damage along with Stella and everyone yeah. else. Yep, just forty-one left. Yeah. All right, so that's the end of your turn. That's the end of my turn. Okay, <laughs> try to save Karen. Jenny, you're at C two. You're in the space of a whale. Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. Jenny's going to use cunning action to disengage. Okay. And then dash the hell out of there. <laughs> okay. You run up to C1 and then you reach the fence. You're now at the base of the fence, which is uh, the edge of C1 at the top of the map. So you swam. Oh, what's your swim speed, Jenny? Uh, she didn't swim. You weren't in the water? You were, no, yeah, you I were wasn't in the water. Yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah, you, just, you just ran up the... So each one of those boxes is 30 feet. I'd say she went to A1. She just hooked it diagonally. Yeah. 60 feet away. All right. You're in A1. (laughs) Yep. Yep. Uh, And the disengage action means that you're safe. Now, you did start your turn within 30 feet of a whale. So on the way out, I'm going to whale eye you. (laughs) Yes. A whale at me. Yeah. Do a constitution saving throw. (sighs) Constitution saving throw. That's oh, yeah. be I forgot. A- All creatures in- other than undead and fiends that start their turn within 30 feet of the undead right whale take nine necrotic damage, too. Whoops. Sorry. Oh, forgot about the undead stench. All stench right. of death? I should call it stench of death. Yeah. So let's take that. Nine. And then what's your constitution saving throw to see if 19. the whale eye gets... 19. Okay, you're fine. You only take 20 psychic damage. And you can avert your eyes next time. Yeah, and I'm also going to, since I can see them, I'm going to use my uh, reaction to have that damage with uncanny dodge. Nice. Well, it's it's not an attack. It's an effect, a special trait. They're just that ugly. <laughs> okay, uh, so you are now at, at A1. You are running it, away. Nobody it, wants to squish some whales. It, it, um, it, it's, is it classified as an attack? No, it's an ability. Okay, fine. I'll take the 20, you, me- you meanie. Hi, I'm your DM. <laughs> <laughs> I have one job. Uh, to murder us. That's to do yes. battle. 
After Jenny, it's the whales. Oh, and she's got her back to the stupid whales now. <laughs> uh, so with your back to the whales, um, so Jenny, you're in A1. So yes. you are safe from all but the whale that was in the square that you were in. They can attack me 60 feet away. Not with a slam attack, but with a scornful glare they can, because you let them die. The undead right whale. I was stealing stuff. I didn't let the, anything happen to him. <laughs> Targets one creature it can see within 60 feet of it. If the target uh, can see... Oh, you can't. Nothing happens. Yay! <sighs> you, you let it die, and then you turn your back on it. It ain't my fight. What okay. can we do? Like, my, my my large dragon can't push it back into the sea. <laughs> it's true. It's true. Yeah, it's not your fault, no. That's it's entirely... You were not responsible for beaching the whales, and you're not responsible for why they're undead. It's mm. not your fault. But they think it is. Yeah. Next whale. That was the whale at C2. Next whale is the whale at D1. It moves to B1. It lunges off of the ground and scrapes a lot of its flesh away as it moves across the wet planks to Jenny, but doesn't get there. Um, okay, and then we've got four whale attacks on C3. Are you saying it's moving by hopping? Yeah. Rolling, hopping, scraping. It's not great. You ever seen a seal gross. move? All right, guys, we gotta get the heck out of here. This is oh, somebody yeah. else's problem. Uh-huh. <laughs> oh, yeah, they, I forgot to tell you. They are 30 feet long, so they're 30 feet speed, because they can just, like, roll. <laughs> Well, I'll tell you what I'm going to do, guys, and you can do whatever the heck you want, but I'm jumping this fence and running the hell out of here. We're, 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 we're flying the hell out of here. <laughs> First, four different whales are going to slam attack. Uh, I'm going to go with Karen, Sapphira, Stella, Karen. Um, Sapphira is 20, um, 20 feet above the water. Oh, Karen, 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 Karen. All right. The undead right whale can use its scornful glare and make two slam attacks. So that's eight slam attacks against Karen. <laughs> Your friends really left you. I would say high and dry, but that's where they are. Whoa! Um, <laughs> it's my first session and last. So what's your AC, Karen? My AC, I'll just tell you, it's 14. So oh this is going to be fun. <laughs> that's quite low. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Oh, no, they have a plus eight to hit. So the only way to miss you is a 14 minus eight is six. Mm-hmm. Three, four, five. Oh, my gosh, Karen, your AC is really low for this level. Okay, that one missed. That one missed, too. Okay, six slam attacks for eight damage each. Uh, I want to want to do something. Um, I, I want to do I have a reaction that I can that I can do for this. It's like uh, it's called silvery uh, barbs. And um, it's a reaction which I can take when a creature you can see within 60 feet of yourself succeeds on an attack roll, ability check, or a saving throw. So one of these, you magically distract the triggering creature and its momentary uncertainty into encouragement for another creature. The triggering creature must re-roll the d20 and use the lower roll. So I give one of them disadvantage. I guess the one that roll again. That's a six. That misses. Roll again. That's an 11. That that does not miss. Okay. Okay. Um, but like, um, you can then choose a different creature. You can see within range. You can you can choose yourself. The chosen creature has advantage on the next attack roll, ability check, or saving throw. It makes within one minute. And I'm gonna give that to Cairn. Great. You only take five slam attacks for eight damage, and you have advantage on what's about to happen to you. The first one. Okay. So that's actually that's not too bad. So it's forty. Yeah. And then you're gonna get ugly eight times. <laughs> yeah. Don't worry, guys. I got this. It's fine. Oh my god. 
Scornful Glare, which recharges on a 4 to 6. The undead right whale targets one creature it can see within 60 feet of it. If the target can see the undead right whale, which you can, because they just hit you. They're all up in you. You've been flung in the air. I mean, you must attempt a wisdom saving throw. So the question is, are your eyes closed? And then I did have you perception check at the very beginning of this, so it's a good question. Are your eyes closed? Um, no, but I kind of thought like I was on top of one of the whales, so... But I can make a wisdom save. It's with advantage, yeah? Yeah, the first one is. And then make four of them. DC 12. You should crawl in a blowhole. Then you'll be safe. <laughs> did, did you say DC 12? Yeah. And you're making okay. four of them. The first one's at advantage. Okay, well, I have a plus 10, so unless I roll the bad ones. Um, first one is an 18. And that's with advantage, so I don't really need advantage for that, so that's fine. Uh, three. Ooh. That's not 13. <laughs> 23. 18. And okay. b- b- by the yeah. way, like it's, um, oh yeah, you have entered the next thing. Yeah. Okay, cool. Yeah. You're not frightened. You would have been frightened. Frightened is that you have disadvantage on ability checks and attack rolls while the source of its fear is within the light of sign- sight and you can't willingly move closer to its source of fear. You're not frightened. You're fine. These are just whales that are, that are dead and zombies, question mark. No, you only take 11. It's half damage four times. So you take 44 damage. It's half damage. Passed each time. I have As 44 hit you. points left. What? I have 44 hit points left. Oh, that's well, that's what four times 11 is. It exactly <laughs> is. Yes. Um, and what is happening is that they're flipping Karen up into the air. If you've ever seen orcas do this to pe- penguins and um, wee. <sighs> but I will say that Karen, your location is now about 20 feet above See, <laughs> yeah, I mean, that, that's exactly where Safe Fire is. Like, could, could she like use a reaction or something to try to catch him? Yeah. Okay. All I'm right, not trying to kill you. Check. Yeah, you are trying to kill us. No, the whales want brains. <laughs> well, why are they looking at me? I mean, like, <laughs> not good to find any in here. Oh my god, relatable. So yeah, do, do I do like a ability check for it to catch it? Yeah, do a dexterity saving throw for Safe Fire. Sturdy saving throw. DC oh, I, twelve. I should have given it too. I should have given that advantage. Say Fyra. Okay. Um. Well, let's see. What's what's her dexterity? Fyra's dexterity is a plus two. Please don't suck. Please don't suck. <laughs> oh, okay. Good. It didn't suck. Um. <laughs> it's an eighteen. Yeah, you catch Karen in your other hand. Say Fyra. One oh, hand by- with the frozen. Oh. And, and by the way, um, like she's immune to being uh, like say Fyra's immune to being frightened, charmed, or poisoned. And resistant to oh, resistant to force, necrotic, psychic, radiant thunder. So she only took um, four necrotic damage last time. So she's <laughs> at forty um, six math. Oh, great. Yeah. Yes, there we go. Yeah. Yeah. Um, just out of curiosity, what kind of damage was all of that? Necrotic twenty-two for the scornful glare and bludgeoning eight for the slam. I'm still awake because I'm resistant to necrotic damage for being a shadow hey. elf. Nice. See, it's only five damage four times. You're fine. <laughs> yeah, you're in the claws of the safety dragon. All of you well. <laughs> so I'm in the safety dragon. I have 11 hit points because it was necrotic. And it's your turn. Ooh. Um, let's see. Um, I'll describe where you are. You are in the claws of a safety dragon. <laughs> 20 feet above C3, which is water. And a black mound with big eye in it. And... There are seven of them. Three of them are now fully on the land. Three of them are in the shallows. 
um, and in the water near the dock. Uh, and one of them is like chasing after Jenny, <laughs> rolling, rolling across the ground. It only has a movement of 30 feet, which is quite low for a 30 foot long creature. That's like if we could only move five feet. It seems to be taking damage from gravity. Good. Well, if because I'm in a safety dragon's hands, like I feel pretty safe, you know, like just in terms of places to be. But I don't like the fact that these things can see us underneath. So I'm going to cast Insect Plague, which is a, a 20 foot radius sphere of insects. And they actually obscured the area um, to make it hard for the creatures to see us. And I'm going to do that below us for like 20 feet radius, so 40 foot diameter. And all the creatures in there must make a constitution saving throw or take a 4d10. Okay. Their constitution is plus 3. They roll a 15 on the dice, and they're at 18. They're whales. They have a lot of constitution. That will pass, yeah. Uh, okay. I have a DC 18. As the insects start to pelt the blistering, burning skin of the whales... And as you rise out of reach, because uh, Stella's turn is next, I'm going to assume you are still 20 feet and not closer. You don't, like, get closer to the water, right, on your turn? Oh, definitely not. Like, okay. what, what Safari's no. doing is she's she's dashing upward yeah. and, like, toward toward where Jenny is. And then at, on Jenny's turn, which is next, you're going to hop that fence, right? I've changed my mind, no. Oh, okay, well, then I will not narrate what happens next. Insects pester the blistered skin of these necrotic whales undead beached right whales they take half damage so it's uh it's uh 12 damage wow i mean they had 120 hit points all right yeah, it's not going to do much difference yeah jenny what do you do on your turn according to your map i'm right next to a building correct you are right next to a building i want to climb up use the tilt of the roof to hide me from those stupid, stupid whales. <laughs> I'm going to shoot over it into the that whale that's chasing me. Right? <laughs> yes, there's a whale chasing you across the dock. <laughs> Since I'm not actually looking at it, I have to roll with disadvantage. Mm -hmm. So that's going to be a... Uh, sorry. It's going to be a 18 to hit. Uh, yeah, their armor class is 16 because of their natural blubber armor. Okay, cool. So that is going to be 15, I mean 50 damages. Because yeah, if you want to take some turns and snipe these, anytime you've get, we've do, we've discussed this yes. out of game before. Yeah. When you're real up high and it's a little rolling whale on the dock. Oh yeah, I'm sniping it. I'm going <laughs> to yeah. snipe them all. I'm going to say that turns pass and you put to rest all of these whales. Okay. Because what are they going to do? They can't climb a building. I'm sorry. I know I gave them 30 feet of movement, which was quite generous of me. They're 30 <laughs> feet long. So it's like, you know, but I don't think they can climb a building. So <laughs> that is how this resolves. That Jenny snipes all these whales. You get all the experience from... And you know you protected the town. I will say that about two turns in, so you've killed two whales or so. Like, uh, it, they have 120 hit points. It's going to take you a while, right? Oh, yeah. I had take. It's going to take most of the day. Hey, I... That the comb-over dwarf is going to defrost. Mm-hmm. Okay. So comb-over dwarf is going to look up at Stella from Sephira and look next to at Karen <laughs> in the other claw. What's going on? 
I'm killing whales. Don't mind me. Yeah, I mean, Stella's going to do that, too. I mean, she, she's, she's just going to shoot, like, cantrips from, um, she's just going to shoot cantrips from on top of a dragon's back. Oh, yeah. Yeah. The, the, uh, how do I say this? The question is not whether or not you kill the whales. The question is, do the whales explode because they're rotting whales, right? Do whales explode when they... <laughs> yes, they do. Yeah, they, they do. Yeah. But I'm behind a building, so I'm good. We're, like, at least 60 feet up in the air. We're, we're good. Yeah, yeah. You're outside the range of the eye and the stench and the slam. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. Anyway, so, yes, Stella's shooting cantrips. And then this guy with the comb over, he goes, Who are you? To Karen. Yeah, that you blew, you blew that out. Who am I? Who are you? I'm uh, Don Ravioli, and don't you forget the name. Now put me... Wait, no, oh don't put me down. Don't put me God. down. Don't put me down. Oh, my God. This is Don Ravioli? Oh, this justifies so... Okay, it's, Stella would have recognized him immediately, and this justifies so well what she's what she's done to him. Um, okay, so I'm, I'm curious, what, what kind of, like, you said that he has, like, a couple hit points left, right? <laughs> wow, Stella. Yes, he does. Oh, she she hates this guy so much. <laughs> I don't think anybody likes him. You, you want to be dropped off? Like, like just over the side? Like... Yeah, yeah, you, you want me to drop you? She, she's she's going to, like, lean off of the back of the dragon and, and, and grin right in his face. He takes out a wand. And he points it at you and he says, don't you drop me, you punk. And he's pointing the wand at you threateningly, holding it with his hand in the handle. And he's pointing at you, says, don't you make me do it. Don't drop me on those whales. Uh, I'm, I'm going to use my, I'm going to use like the thing I haven't used before. And it's my, it's my breath attack, <laughs> my breath weapon. <laughs> it's just like, oh yeah. It's a cone, Karen. Oh, but, but I can, I can angle the cone um, to not hit Karen. No. Right? Oh, no? I mean, I, I can just, like, lean over and... <laughs> this is how it ends. <laughs> There's a limit to maneuverability, and I think it is leaning over a dragon at people clutched in the dragon's claws. <laughs> I, what if I... Okay, what if I ask Sapphire to put me to put me in her mouth, like, to, to hold me there, and, 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 and then, like, direct the cone down? <laughs> well, you're holding him, right? Yeah. Just kiss him, and it goes... All of it goes right into his head. <laughs> Well, I'm, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna do that. But, but I'm gonna, I'm, I'm gonna like whisper in his ear. I'm gonna say, "Oh yeah," and then that, that's, that's my breath weapon. <laughs> it still yeah. all goes into his head. Are you trying uh, to kill him? Uh, Sounds I, like I, I wanna, I, I wanna like knock him unconscious, and, and then the next round, uh, and then the next round, like give him a healing potion. Wow, your breath weapon goes off. You shoot ice daggers into his ear, <laughs> and. <laughs> My goodness, he's very unconscious, Stella. And as he goes limp, he's being held by the dragon's claw and his head bobs and his comb over hair flaps so that it's like this long <laughs> sheet of hair and the, the bald skin of his head and his <laughs> hand loosens and the wand falls and falls end over end through the air 20 feet down onto a whale, which immediately stops moving. Nice. And bobs in the water. Yeah, and, and I would have said... Oh, hi there, Don Ravioli. Miss me. And then the miss me is when, is when she did the, like, ice breath. <laughs> He's out. And so is that whale. It's not moving. Nice. Okay, well, um, are, are all the whales dead yet? Uh, sure. Yeah. Time passes. That wand is going to sink to the bottom of the ocean. And all the whales are truly and truly dead, mostly because they're in pieces. Perfect. You're welcome. In, in that case... <laughs> I'm going to go back to land, the other side of the fence where Lenny is. Is Lenny still there? 
Lenny doesn't go anywhere without you, Stella. Aw. Yeah. No, the like, more the most important question is, did he take care of Doodoo Dapoodoo? Oh yeah. Yeah. Lenny okay. would not rush towards danger. Stella's got this. Oh yeah. Hundred percent. So yeah, she would she would um she would go um and just like land at the on, on the ground next to Stella Lenny <laughs> with the um with the dragon with the guy unconscious guy and also Karen in her in the dragon's claws with 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 Karen the dragon's gonna just like set him down gently and then with, with the other guy he's just gonna like land and forget to like let him go kind of <laughs> with like, like an eagle with something in in its talons <laughs> with Don Ravioli did you, do you did you not like that guy oh he is uh he's he's terrible he's like responsible for um for, for kidnapping my my brother and roughing him up and making him look a lot weaker than he is and anyways yeah he, he and i have a bit of history that well hopefully it's gonna get resolved and she kind of like clenches her her fist and like ice ice shards just like spike out of it it l- looks pretty resolved from where i'm standing <laughs> Oh yeah, I mean, the Argentines never forget. Here, let me put my handcuffs on him so he can't go nowhere. Oh, perfect. <laughs> I'm imagining like a limp rag doll, just like, yeah, I, I also don't think he's going anywhere. And you know what, now that I think about it, I think he messed with my family too. I just don't remember the specifics. Yeah, so um and and he's he's tied in with the mob and and I and I hate the mob, especially the Safiosi. So, yeah, I know. But, um, Karen, can you, like, or, I don't know, uh, Jenny, since you're the, the daughter of a doctor, can you, like, want, want to make sure that he doesn't die, because I want to interrogate him? Oh, you're so sweet that you think I know anything about medicine. <laughs> but okay. It's an eight plus zero. <laughs> what? For my medicine check. Um. I mean, I could heal him. I'm going to put him at two failed death saving throws. Oh, that's fair, yes. Because he was, like kind of no offense to Don Ravioli but he had taken like how good would an NPC have to be that he could take your ice attack and a cone attack how much damage does your cone attack do uh it does let's let's see here let's, let's see how much it's like 4d8 4d6 is actually 4d6s plus that was point blank to his head yeah yeah, yeah I'm gonna go with if Karen doesn't heal him he dies well, I think I'll heal him you think We've got no other leads except for this, like, hair, so, you know, get the job done. Oh, does the hair... What color is his his comb-over? Dark brown. Okay. I mean, that's what we do, right? We find leads, we go talk to people. Okay, I'll cast Cure Wounds on the guy, and, like, like shadows will just, like, stuff into his wounds and just, like, close them up a little bit. Oh, Jenny takes the arrow out that she accidentally jabbed into him when she did a medicine check. <laughs> oh, um, yeah, and mechanically, by the way, in 5e, you don't hurt someone for failing a medicine check. Um, so, uh, yeah, you're all outside the fence. He is waking up. The shadows are filling his wounds. And, yeah, he's awake. He doesn't say anything. Jenny empties his pockets. <laughs> he doesn't say anything. Yeah, and then Stella's just going to be, like, lean in closer to him and say, What's wrong? Brain freeze? Oh, no, she didn't. <laughs> burn. Freeze or burn? Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
Yeah, he's he's not gonna. He's he just looks. He just awoke from unconsciousness. I imagine you guys respond first. Mm-hmm. So, um, here we are. You're not dead. That's good. Yet. Tell us what you know about some things. Yeah, sound good. <laughs> yeah, 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 sure. Job well done here. <laughs> I was born mm. in Nicomoy, but... <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> I was born in Kifasti. Do you have a brother? Yeah, yeah, I got, I got several brothers, yeah. Do you know what happened to Walter Tebow? That Safiosi grunt. Yeah, I know. First he took all my wands from me, and then he ran away like a punk. I got news on the street that all these wands were somewhere here at the docks, so I've been walking up and down the aisles waiting to catch him. Get the jump on him. Jenny takes out the two fire wands and say, are these the ones that he took? Where'd you get those? I think we boomed him. Oops. She said boom, and they were aimed at him. Ah, Jenny, <laughs> were you slammed attacked by a whale? Um, no. Yeah, you, you just, nah. Okay, so the last time you said that a small lighter flame appeared, yeah, poot, a little small lighter flame appears. <laughs> right in his face. It's super tiny. It's a little threatening because it's in his face, like one of those extended lighters. Yeah. Uh, uh, is Walter Tebow short and round? Oh, uh, do a insight check, by the way, based upon his reaction to you saying boom. And then your friends should tell you if Walter Tebow is short and round. You have met his brother. And you did get a description of him, and Stella's met him before. Okay. Jenny's met him before, too. And yeah, in petting zoos and finding clues, and due to the poodoo oh. of the zoo, yeah, you guys met Walter Tebow. Oh, I see. Okay. Okay, so like, we didn't recognize him in the alley selling us the wands. No. That, that okay. was no. another dude. Oh, good. We didn't burn him then. Okay. No. <laughs> it's just like he wasn't missing before, but he is now. <laughs> yeah, he's human. Um, and then insight? 16. Yeah, he doesn't flinch at the word boom. Like, he didn't know it was coming. Um, but Jenny didn't either. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Um, and then uh, Sol's going to say, pipe up and say, oh, th- these ones you say... Well, we did, uh, you'd meet someone who was, uh, who was trying to sell them to us for much, much more than they're worth, as far as I could tell. But, yeah, you, you know a guy with, um, and then I, I give her the description of the guy in the alley, which is, I'm assuming, lavender nobleman's cloak, looks, looks rich, has, some um, starby blonde hair, round and short, that's what I'm, I think yeah, that's what I remember. shale gray skin, as shale wide as he is tall. Yeah, okay. He's, like, three feet tall. Yeah, I, I'm gonna describe him to me. It's just like you know, you know a guy like that. That that's who we bought the wands off of, or well, didn't buy them. We didn't. Buy Dieter them. von Rickenbach. Dieter von Rickenbach has my wands. That and then he swears, and I can't say that on a podcast. The dastard. That dastard. Well, we did burn the hell out of him, so. Oh yeah, and and, and then but it's okay. Like um, I I used some of my ice on him, so he should be fine. Yeah. Again, we'll we'll get with mommy, and you'll find out. <laughs> did Dieter von Richtenbach? Did, do I do I know this this person? Do a history check again. Let's see if you pass it this time. Don't get a two again. <laughs> oh, I didn't. I got a sixteen. Plus zero, sixteen. Yay! High roll. Genuinely, have you met him before? 
possibly because she would have probably like finding out who her father was she probably would have like stalked him a bit knowing her (laughs) so like maybe you've never bumped into him but you know the name yeah that's probably it Dieter von Rickenbach is Blythe Horde's underling he is a magically trained person who often protects him in social situations you gotta have someone around you who can see if a spell's being cast you know Mm-hmm. As a non-spellcaster, Blythhord hires Dieter von Rickenbach to be his shield. And Dieter von Rickenbach, not a cool dude. He and Blythe run an import-export business, and they probably sell illegal goods. It's not explicitly mm-hmm. even said. Uh, so, yeah. Yeah, Stella's going to say, Ah, Dieter ba- von Rickenbach, interesting. So you think, so Blythhord has something to do with this. That's what you're saying. That bastard. <sighs> Don Ravioli shares your emotions. Uh, Nobody likes Don Ravioli, and Don Ravioli don't like nobody. (laughs) They stole my wands! Where are they yours to begin with? (laughs) Ooh. Uh, Do an insight check. He says, of course! Uh, That'll be a nine. Okay, that's that's better than a five, because he's really (laughs) not good at lying. (laughs) He says, of course. No, they were not originally his. So where's Walter? Yeah, like the Safiosi. Those Safiosi, they should be so lucky to have me as their head. They don't deserve me. And now he's like doing like a fetal curl. He's very injured. He's being interrogated and he's muttering and he's like, what's it to you? This is between me and my family. Ah, well, but see, my family has beef with your family and you should take what happened today as a warning to never mess with them, us or touch us again. I do a history check, Stella. Okay. I mean, this is what she thinks, at least. Uh, 17. Yeah, everybody knows it's not his not his name is not Don Ravioli. They call him Don Ravioli because he betrayed the Safiosi. He tried mm-hmm. to take over as their head, and when he tried to kill Sonal, you know the Godfather. Yeah, she kicked him out of the family because you don't try to kill the Godfather. It was very gracious of her to let him live, and so he's mm-hmm. all on his own. He's trying to the Safiosi are in Kefasti. He's in Nikimui, a city on the ocean, very far away from the desert. Uh, yeah, he's here because he's an outcast from the Safiosi. And you also know all the Safiosi are human, and he's a dwarf. I see. Well, I mean, Stella's not that bright, but I guess she would have, like, recalled now and just said, oh. Oh, everybody okay. knows. His name's Ravioli, and yeah. he'll let you know that, too, if you call him that when you're not trying to kill him. <laughs> he doesn't have very much courage, so he would have corrected you, but I was like, no, nah, he wouldn't right now. But, <laughs> like, in the notes, it said, anytime they call him Ravioli, <laughs> correct them. It's Ravioli, but maybe not. Ravioli. <laughs> Yeah. Yep. All right. So too much DMing, telling, not enough showing. Um, He's curled up in a fetal position. He's bleeding. He's got ice in his hair still, like on his temple, you know, and he's going, they should be so lucky to have me as their head. They don't deserve me. They don't deserve me. And he's muttering. That's how all the truth is being spilled out that he's he's really had a long day. Um, He's kind of shut down. He's trying to be functional. Do you know anything about some missing boxes? He's not really functional right now. <laughs> I mean, I gave him 11 hit points back. What more does this guy want? <laughs> oh, you guys are doing the whole, like, physical interrogation method thing. There's a limit mm-hmm. to it. Hey, hey, does do any of you guys know how to go into somebody's mind? <laughs> I, I, can, I can make someone tell me things, but, well, I, it worked too well on that guy at the potion shop. Yeah, we don't have 15 hours to hear this guy's life story. <laughs> okay, I'll, I'll be more specific, okay? That that power, it, I, I need to practice it. <laughs> so, like, okay, I, I need to know first, what what do we need to know from him? Oh, I guess the boxes. Yeah, what, what do we need to know? 
where Walter Tebow is and where the hell the boxes are. Okay. Um, I don't okay. think he knows where Walter Tebow is. Because we kind of asked about that. Maybe the boxes? Yeah, maybe he knows something about the boxes. Here, I'll, I'll try it. So then she's going to, like, kind of, um, kind of just, like, grab his chin, lift his head up a little bit, and say, hey, listen, we're just only after one thing, all right? And, and then I'll, I'll, I'll take you back to my family space. We can get you um, fixed up and everything. And maybe we can discuss some business, because I, I, I don't like the mob either. So, listen, you just need to tell us something. Um, God, she, she's, she thinks for a second. Um... Oh, and to clarify, you just learned that it wasn't the Safiosi who kidnapped your brother. Oh. It was your biological father and this local abandoned riffraff mob member who isn't part of them anymore. Okay, so then in that case, I'm going to revise what I say about the Safiosi and say, yeah. um, and, and I say, and I say Blythe Horde, because she, she wants yep. to get him back. Oh, no. Yeah. <laughs> uh, she's the guy. Okay. Um, she wants to get him back. So, um... Oh, yeah. So she's going to say, tell us everything you know about who might have cleared this, um, the, the safe. And then I tell her the number, like the container 2792 and what they did with the boxes. Tell us everything you know about that. And she's okay. going to use a third level slot because she's run out of second levels. Yes, it's working. <laughs> <laughs> you feel the pressure of 5e. See, it's not supposed to be meant it's not meant to be run in one-offs like this with all the spell slots available. It's meant to be run with, with spell slot pressure. Pressure your mages. Pressure them. <laughs> Otherwise, wizards are overpowered. Anyway, yeah. Yeah, so what do you roll? Or what do, what do I roll? What is, you, what's have to, you have to roll uh, something. DC 19. Uh, wisdom save. Oh, oh, he's not in a great position to be doing wisdom saves very well right now, and that is a two on the dice. Yeah. Oh... Yeah, I feel kind of bad for this little evil <laughs> traitor. Yeah. We don't. Okay. So. <laughs> <laughs> so you asked specifically, tell us everything you know about... Oh, yeah, that, and also why you were following us. Oh, okay. All right. Yeah. So, like, like totally monotone, you know, it, it, this is a magical, deep consciousness info dump. You know, mm -hmm. there's no insight roll you need to, to roll. There's no check you need to make. This is just the dude's like you're mind tapping him and he's spilling out like maple syrup. Basically. So he says, um, uh, I wasn't following you. I was at the docks because I heard through the grapevine that my wands were at the docks because they were stolen from me. I got them from... The Safiosi, out of revenge, to take something from them to make them hurt. I heard you raise your hand and point, and the wand shoots a fireball. I heard an artificer approached Sonal with a brand new weapon design, and I wanted to nick him. But they got nicked for me. But I got word that they were here at the docks somewhere, so I've been here, but I just see you. You seem to have some wands. So it turns back to the rest of the group and says, uh, I, I think I think the other family, like the Safiosi family, are behind this. They are probably the ones who took the boxes. That's my working theory right now. Why empty boxes unless you think uh, Arthur screwed up and actually had them filled and that's why they're worth 20000 Yeah, or maybe they're special boxes where you put something in it and it disappears or it transports. Or I, I don't know. Like, 
adventurers usually want something that does something really practical. So there must be something special to them so that they're worth that much. So should we go talk to Arthur again? <laughs> I mean, he, he didn't seem to really have a good sense of how to sell things. I mean, adventurers like treasure chests. Absolutely. Who doesn't when it's full of treasure? Nobody buys an empty treasure chest. Yeah, I told him, told you, he's either getting ripped off or he's lying. So yeah. let's go talk to him. Sure. Why not? Where do you head? Uh, I, I tell, um, how much, how much longer do I have for, uh, say fire is spell? 50 out of one hour. 50 minutes left? Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, it doesn't take long to do a battle. It's like seconds. Okay. Yeah. Perfect. And then you did some interrogation for a bit. <laughs> In that case, I'm going to tell Sapphira to take him to the Argentine, um, to take him to the Argentine estate and, yeah, just put him somewhere where he, like, like just get, um, just get one of the servants, like, just tell some of the servants, put him somewhere where he can't get out. They'll, they'll, they'll know what, they'll know what you mean, Sapphira. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Bye, Sapphira. <laughs> Bye, Don Ravioli. <laughs> Yeah, she, she's gonna have him taken back to the to her estate and kept there safely, mm. but also safely so he can't get out. Mm. I I really don't want to end up on either of your bad sides. <laughs> I mean, we're we're dragons. You don't mess with us. We're families. I'm I'm learning this. I mean, <laughs> learning lots of things. How to do a job, how to not piss people off. How to sometimes explode people. I mean, it's new. It's all very new. Those are all useful information. You have to know who yeah. not to piss off. Who and that would be boom. us. Mm. And, and then fist bumps, Jenny. Oh, yeah. And, and then also wing bumps, too, while we fist bump. Yep. Hell yeah. Potion shop? Yeah, let's go. Okay, where exactly do you go? Mowbray Street and Grekel Alley. Eh. All right, Miu's Mizu's potions for adventurers is closed. Because uh, you remember the last time you were here, you like cast magic on him and interrogated him and like intimidated him and all that. Jenny's going to pick the lock. Oh, yeah. Yep. Um, it is secured by, uh, let's see. So you go to pick the lock and you stick your pick in, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. And the pick disappears into the hole. Run. And it, it's like glued in there. If you look in there, it's like stuck. Like you've, it's, and I'll just tell you, it's like glued stuck in there. Hmm. Like it goes oh, up, it doesn't come back down. I wish I could dispel magic right about now. Oh, go ahead and do an arcana check. Because <laughs> Stella thinks it's magical, whether or not it is, she thinks so. Um, arcana, 18 plus zero equals 18. 18's great. This is not magic. Well, no, I mean, it's it's like maybe a magic item, but it's not like a spell. Hmm, this is not magical, actually. After doing some poking around, I don't see the, the things that my brother writes in. I think they're called arcane runes or something. I don't know. I, I went to university for a few decades, but I don't remember anything. You do remember Sovereign Glue. Except for Sovereign Glue. That's what it, it is. Sovereign yeah. Glue. It's real good glue. That lockpick ain't coming out. That's okay. Let's go. <laughs> All right. Uh, let's go over to 2835 Rio... Day. Valentine. Valentine, yes. Valentine. Valentine. Seven eight three five apartment K. Yeah. Or is it seven eight three five? Yeah, apartment K. Yep. Yeah, let's go. 
You arrive at 7835 Rio de Valentin, apartment K. It's a block-style apartment building with plentiful parking out front. AA, BB, CC, etc. It looks like each apartment gets two parking spaces. We look for the one for apartment K and see if anything's parked there. Yes. Uh Uh-huh. There is a... Now, I don't know what the fantasy equivalent of a white van with no windows is, but this is uh, like a a pioneer wagon, but it's a white van with no windows. Yes! And on the side of it is the letters A-C-M-E. A-C-M-E. Acme. Uh, Jenny checks the lock in the back of the van for glue before trying to pick the lock open. Oh, yeah, this is not a commercial lock. This is a, a consumer lock, and you pick it quite easily. <laughs> Open the doors and see if there's anything inside. It's mostly empty in this van. Uh, okay. I'm sorry, Pioneer Wagon. Up near the carriage wall, like where a person would sit, there's a wall between where they would sit, that seat, and then the boxes um, that might be loaded in the back of this. Up near the carriage wall, there's a secured box. A wood-handled tool points out from the top of the box. Jenny inspects the box for traps before opening it. Okay, roll for a check for traps. That's a perception check. Is it? It's a, just a perception? Mm-hmm. Do I get anything? I thought I got like a plus for checking for traps. Nope, I don't. Uh, that's going to be a, oh, dirty 20. There are no traps that you can see. She pops that box open. <laughs> You find a paintbrush, a jar marked Sovereign Glue, a jar marked Universal Solvent, and a bunch of giant plate-sized individual capital alphabet letters. She takes it all. Okay, you possess a bunch of giant letters. Like, uh, picture like a thin piece of paper. Thin letter. And Universal Solvent and Sovereign Glue. Hmm. And a paintbrush. All right, guys, after we're done here, uh, we're going to go back and get my uh, pick back. Okay. And, uh, okay, so van's empty. Let's head upstairs into the apartment. Yeah, I, I like a little break-in. Let's do it. <laughs> we could try knock, but... Uh, no. Somehow I don't... Yeah, I didn't think that that idea was going to float with you guys. <laughs> sure. <Okay. laughs> All right, the door to the apartment is locked. Not for long. Sisters Roll a hand. Is that how lockpicking works? You roll a sleight of hand. I'm playing a rogue next season. I'll figure it out. I think it's it's yeah, a it's a lock it it's a lockpicking check. I'm pretty sure. Like it's a, yeah. it's a thieves' tools. Yeah. Your proficiency is the same as sleight of hand. Uh, so thieves' tools plus my gloves plus my sixteen. That's gonna be twenty six. Thirty one. Yeah, the lock opens, and the door swings open, and you all see this. Wow! Either this place has been ransacked, or Walter lived like a real pig. Perception check? Somebody ransacked it before I could. 18. (laughs) 17. 14. The furniture is upturned. Clothes and trash bury the floor. And it smells like whoever did this left the fridge open. What a jerk. Stella is the highest roller. 18. Stella. The carriage keys are still on the hook on the wall next to the door, though. Oh, we don't Mm. need those. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, that's true. We, we got Jenny. What <laughs> <Actually>, keys? <laughs> I'll, I'll just take them for some good old uh, pranking time. <laughs> yeah, well, what's, what's, like, 
I feel like that's something Stella would do. She would just steal a, a, a van just to drive it around and then, and then just park it again. <laughs> something changed. Yeah. She's going to steal the keys. Yeah, so you're all currently in an apartment building, and there are units on both sides of you, and this unit is trashed. Jenny goes to the next door <laughs> and knocks. Oh, oh, you knock on this one. Okay. Okay, you knock on the door of the neighboring apartment. At first, there is no answer, but then a cat humanoid with silver fur and black stripes opens the door. You recognize her. She looks at you expectantly with this look on her face like she's trying to remember where she's seen Jenny before. She grins. <laughs> You're just so cute. Do I recognize her? Yes. Uh, do a history check. History is going to be a 14. Yeah, that's above 10. This is Tamantha, Judge Dracul's helper of some kind, employee, fellow coworker. I don't know, whatever. She works at the courthouse. Guilty, 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 guilty. <laughs> I wish you all could see the hand gestures and face. <laughs> um, uh, and then uh, I don't know if she has much of a voice, but um, she says, Oh, it's the little baby dragon elephant from earlier. That's me. So, um, we're looking for your neighbor. He's gone missing. And um, have you heard anything from next door? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Like I was saying earlier, there was Ooh. yelling Sunday night. Ooh, okay. Do you know the owners of the voices? Probably my neighbor. Human, big guy, wears sunglasses a lot, shaved head, and then some other guy too. Could it be his brother? Maybe. Oh, you don't you don't know? No, I was trying to think about that earlier, mm. you know what I was saying, and um I couldn't I, I, I don't really know that guy. No, I, I I'm not even sure who my neighbors' names are. I'm not a good neighbor. No. I should build community more, shouldn't I? Yeah. You know, I like drilling holes in the walls of my neighbors and just, you know, <laughs> spying. <laughs> yeah, it really gets to know, really helps you get to know them better. I would recommend it. I'm oh, this is sure my... that's a violation of the... <laughs> oh, not for dragons. This is my, my dragon bestie, Stella. <laughs> and that's Steven back there. I mean, no. That's Karen back there. Karen, yeah. Oh yeah, and, and this is this is Lenny too. He just he, he usually is pretty well hidden. He's he's short. He usually hides behind my behind my cloak. Here, L Lenny, come out. It's okay. <laughs> okay, uh, we'll leave you alone after one more question. Is any of your other neighbors around here the nosy neighbor? I gosh, I mean, I I don't really know my neighbors much. Um, you know, there was that person who was asking after. That, uh, you know. Hmm. After who? Hmm. What? You're, you're the second people to visit me. Oh, who's the first? Short, comb over. Seem oh. to be looking for someone. Don Ravioli. Oh, oh, oh. That's who Don Ravioli is? She, um, Stella's gonna, like, minor illusion. Like, um, a kind of image of him. 3D image. Yeah, he was, um, asking questions. And I said that they were yelling Sunday night. Yeah, and I heard it. Okay. Thank you. Any... I, that's all I got. Hey, you guys? Yeah, go turn over the room a bit more, see if there's anything, any clues. Oh, uh, don't you want to know what I told the Don? Oh, yeah, I we want to know that. Oh, I thought you already told us that you just heard yelling. Yeah, yeah, they were yelling. I caught snippets of, like, ravioli, like they were making pasta or something. Oh, that makes sense now. And gone, whatever that means, and only you, 
and docks. And you guys know that's why Don Ravioli was at the docks. Maybe they had gone to a nice seaside restaurant for a romantic one-on-one dinner and had had a fight on the way home? I don't know. Hmm. I'm kind of hungry. Hmm. That reminds me. I should make an appointment at Mancini's. It takes months to get in there, but it's so worth it. Good luck with that. Bye. But we came from the docks and that didn't really... It was just a bunch of dead things. Yeah. I'm staying away from the neighbor. <laughs> so let's <laughs> let's try the other neighbor. And she walks to the apartment on the opposite side and knocks. All right, no answer. Picks the lock. Yep, you're in. <laughs> Looks around. Just an apartment. You want steals steals off. Uh, and any is, is there is there any alcohol? Bell's gonna steal the alcohol. <laughs> yep. Yep. You got oh, some hot She would have done that. She would have done that like the short time she was in Walter Tebow's apartment too. <laughs> okay. Uh, Walter Tebow's apartment didn't have any alcohol left. Ah, oh, no. Already ransacked. Yeah, Ravioli already got that stuff. <laughs> okay. Uh, well, now that we got all the valuables out of these guys who were not home because they're jerks, uh, you want to examine the Tebow apartment a little bit more? Sure. Let's toss it back. Maybe it'll look better than when we found it. <laughs> you put everything back together, or, or you know, we, we could just we could just throw it out the throw it off the balcony. <laughs> Ooh, at the window. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We look at each piece before throwing it off out the balcony. Whoa, whoa! You went out to the balcony. Uh oh. Yes. Sure. Okay. So Karen is. What are you doing inside the apartment? Looking out for whales. Okay, Karen's on lookout at the front door. Jenny and Stella are carrying a couch to the balcony. Yeah. <laughs> and the balcony door slides open and you're... Stella's on the balcony. There's a couch in the door and Jenny's inside the apartment pushing. Because she wouldn't mm-hmm. have gone on out in the balcony. She's 1,200 pounds, right? Yeah? Yep. Pushing really hard, too. Oh, great. And Stella, out on the balcony with his arms crossed... Looking at you is that classic security man, shaved head, sunglasses, <laughs> suit. <laughs> Stella's just going to say, Jenny, hold on <laughs> one second. Uh, oh, hi there. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm just answering your call from earlier. How, how is it hanging? <laughs> holding his couch in her hands. You are holding his couch. <laughs> Let me go to the right page. Wait a sec. <laughs> She's looking up what to do when they're trying to toss his couch. <laughs> it's okay. Stella's just going to be charming. <laughs> there we go. Here's the page. His arms are crossed. His face is stoic and unchanging. And he waits for you to crack. Jenny keeps pushing. Uh, Jenny! Jenny! And, and then Stella's just going to be like... So, um... Yeah, haven't you haven't been buying stuff from the from the bread store lately? Uh, what's up with that? You just changed your your mind? Like, yeah, you, you, you don't like the cheap bread, but couldn't afford the expensive one. Yeah, what's what's going on? How, how about we have a little a little chat, Jenny? <laughs> She's trapped out on the balcony with a couch between her and Jenny, and this man cracks his knuckles <laughs> and says to you, "What you doing in my apartment?" <laughs> uh, Jenny's gonna like. Uh, Jenny's gonna like step behind the kind of like no she, she's she's gonna step onto the the couch and just like sit on it <laughs> legs crossed <laughs> jenny keeps pushing 
the couch slides a little further onto the balcony. Um, you the ones who ransacked it before? Uh, no, I mean, we found it like that. It, it would have been like that if we got there first. Uh, let's, let's just be be honest here. Uh, she's gonna pull out some of the um, some of her some of the neighbors' booze and say, "Here, you want a drink?" <laughs> but no, we, we didn't ransack it. We were just we were looking for you. That was all. We thought you'd gone missing. Do a persuasion check on whether or not he wants a drink. Okay. Uh, oh boy, that's a four. Fifteen. Fifteen's pretty good. I mean, he does kind of want to drink. All of his was taken by Don Ravioli, so <laughs> he, he stoically reaches out his thick bodyguard arm. He takes the glass from you and drinks it straight, just whiskey straight. Ah, yes. Ah, oh, yes. Yeah, so keep up, keep up with me, and then she's she's gonna take a, a straight drink of um of of whiskey as well. <laughs> he drinks another one. Oh, we're gonna have a drinking contest. Yeah, fun. He, <laughs> It's just like uh, she, she, she's she's gonna like look in his eye and say, "You want to do this? Okay, let's let's do this." <laughs> Jenny's head pokes through the door. Uh, are, what's going on? We're we're getting rid of the couch or what? <laughs> uh, I, I mean, you, you could just leave it here. It's it's good. I'm pretty comfy. So he says, "Must admit, I don't know who did this to my apartment. You got any ideas?" Uh, probably Don Ravioli, but it's okay. I mean, I already, I already have him somewhere where he can't escape. We, we ran into him. We gave him peace of, um, our mind. We can get your stuff back for you. Do an insight check. Uh, six. Yeah, you should get my stuff back. Yeah, you should get his stuff back. All right, um, Karen, there's a person out on the balcony. What do you do? I push them off the... No. Um, <laughs> excuse me, our... Are you Walter Tebow? Who's asking? Who are you? He is Walter Tebow. Uh, he is answer. Walter Tebow. Oh, yeah. well, listen here, mister. I don't know if you know, but you've left your local baker very concerned <laughs> about your, your whereabouts. She had us look for you high and low because you haven't been around to buy bread or something. And like, you're apparently a very valued customer. But, like, you know, you should be more responsible, young man. <laughs> I did miss the bread pickup on Thursday. I wasn't sure if the... Why am I telling you this? Who are you? Because we're, because we're great people who are giving you drinks. Here, have another one. I'm going to have another one. He does take another drink. All right, do a persuasion check. Who are you? And what do you say in response? 13 plus 11, 24. Yeah, so you probably say something convincing. What do you say? Um, she's gonna say, "Hey, you you don't recognize me? I'm I'm Stella, Stella Argentine. I, I yeah. Anyway, Stella Argy. Let, let's just go with that. Um, and what's your role? My my role? Yeah. What was your role? Oh, twenty four. Twenty four. You are a model who is on the cover of Rogue magazine. He does recognize you. <laughs> it you know his previously expressionless face. Uh, the eyebrows raise just a little bit, and he's like, oh." The model, the adventurer. Yeah, she, she she's gonna like um sit on the she's gonna like sit on the couch, legs crossed, and then just like um take another take another drink. <laughs> she's gonna yeah, say yeah, he wants to yeah. talk to you. I'm not gonna role play this bodyguard, but this bodyguard wants to talk to you. <laughs> oh yeah, still 100 percent flirts back with him to get what she to get what to get what she wants. <laughs> yeah, all right. So y'all sit on the couch, which is half on the balcony, half on. <laughs> 
and he gets he like sits down right next to you and i'm uncomfortable as the dm <laughs> all right so you have fun with that and <laughs> And then he tells you about, hi, gosh. So, I drive for this FEOC. I'm a pretty important guy. <laughs> I hate this. And, uh, <laughs> yes. And he tells you all about how he takes the bread from, uh, what is it called? Those buns dough? The bakery is called Those Buns <laughs> Dough. Those Buns Dough. I love it. And, and he drives the bread to Sonal Safiosi's operation in Kifasti where she sells the bread, air quotes, sells the bread for one copper each. The public love it. No one would ever rat on the Safiosi because then the free bread would go away. <laughs> you were right. You were so smart. Like, seriously, good job. 40 minutes in, you had already figured out the, the bread is for mob favors. So the Safiosi <laughs> indeed hand out bread. And he's like, yeah, it's a pretty good job. I feel good about what I do. Yeah. And she, she's definitely going to act like she's she's interested in like, oh, yeah, like the, the mob. That's so cool. You, you know, like she, she's going to be like that. Like her like you, you saw her before when she was all scary and her eyes were just like just like glacial. They're just like innocent baby blue dragon's eyes. Yeah. Hey, Karen, we need to leave these two alone. <laughs> no, please don't. And really quickly before they can leave the room, he says about how since he's a driver for the Safiosi, I overheard we think. Now, they weren't going to do anything about it, right? But that two-bit traitor scum word was going around that he'd stolen first-generation new weapon prototypes from Sonal, and she was once again letting her relative get off scot-free. You know, alive. <laughs> Don't get me wrong, that's her decision to make, but ain't nobody going to mind if I lighten Ravioli's hands. Hmm. Did these uh, prototypes happen to be in any really boring-looking boxes? Yeah. Pine boxes. Did you tell your brother hey. that the boxes went missing? Because he's really worried about them, and he sent us on some stupid job to look for the boxes. Yeah, he knows. Uh, he's the one who betrayed me. He must have told Ravioli. Jenny when he was, was here right. on Sunday night, I punched him for it. Called it. Jenny was right all along. My brother, my whole life, and he betrayed me. Uh, why don't you guys do some kind of intelligence check? Not me. Oh, not me. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone's like, nope, that's the end of D&D. No, we don't do... I'll, I'll try. Can't promise anything. Maybe I roll high. Right, Hopefully have... you roll higher oh, than Walter. Yeah, I'm going to have a look. Uh, 16. <laughs> I rolled really high. Intelligence is a plus one, so seven. I got the 17 with the plus zero. All right. So, Jenny... Yeah, man. Brothers, you've never had siblings, but they must betray each other all the time. Oh, obviously. Now, Karen, do you have any siblings? Oh, yeah, I do. Long time ago. Okay. And Stella, you've got siblings, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah, she, she's got two. Yeah, you've got Ruby, the little dragon, and you've got Sterling. My twin brother. Archaeologist who your dad sold away to... Don Ravioli. Yeah, the, like the famous archaeologist streamer who has like a fan base that that call him like that, that they call themselves starlings. <laughs> yeah. So you know that if a sibling's gonna betray you, they don't wait thirty years to do it. Hmm. They come in your room and they fart and they leave early. They let you know. <laughs> and Jenny, you're an only child. Yeah. Yeah. So you don't know this. So nope. you both find it suspicious that. Arthur might betray Walter. Hmm. Hmm. And Stella's gonna say, now, why would he go and do a thing like that? It's, it's, not, what, it's not what siblings usually do. 
Like, like I know my brother. He just plays a prank on me every now and then. <laughs> you know, like so, so, sometimes he he like uh, when I'm coming home after a long adventure thing, he he picks me up. He, he he like flies there. He picks me up and then and then he drops me. I think I'm gonna die, but then he catches me again. Yeah, he just plays fun <laughs> little pranks on me like that. Yeah. yeah, I mean, like, he'd probably want you to know it was him, and then he'd be like, ha I got you. Yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh, you guys both do know. Yeah. Oh man, Walter's, like, he gets this look on his face like, you're right. But then, if Arthur didn't betray me, then how did people know? And who stole them? I don't know where the wands went. Who's oh. got the wands? Uh, oh yeah, it, it was, um, it was a guy named Dieter von Richtenbach, but he's he's, he's <gasps> taken care of. Dieter so von Rickenbach. Oh, I should have known. Should have known. Yeah, like how how well do you know Blythe Horde? <gasps> Blythe Horde. And and she she, she she's gonna try as best as she could not to look disgusted or or to reveal the relationship between them. So is that a deception? Because she's she's not gonna yeah. lead on that she knows him. Yep. Yeah. yeah, that's your biological father. Yeah. A natural twenty plus eleven thirty one. Oh, <laughs> And this guy's not particularly hard to fool. He doesn't... He, I mean, yeah. He says he says to you, I don't know Blythe Horde very well, but I know where his warehouse is. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Do tell. She, she's going to lean in a bit, like, uh, like inch a bit closer to him. Get him to tell. Tell. All right. Well, I can't get the CFUOC in on this because technically the... <clears throat> but... They're their wands, you guys. <laughs> but do you guys want to go with me? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I'll go wherever sure. you go. All right. He takes you to Blythe Horde's warehouse. <sighs> uh, real quick, Jenny does wait until he's out of the apartment and then finishes tossing the couch <laughs> over the railing. It's just so fun. It is. <laughs> Yeah, like, um, I, I'm guessing, like, <laughs> the funny thing is just, like, Stella was on the couch when Jenny started tossing it, but then she, like, immediately sees what's going on, just, like, leaps off. Because, <laughs> like, she, she, she's she got, like, an, um, as, as soon as Walter T. believes, she's got, like, an evil grin on her, on her face, and she's like, oh, she snaps out of it. <laughs> Can I also heal myself en route as well, just whilst I'm doing it? Yeah, I used my last hit dike. Because, you know, we, we had a rest, right? Yeah, yeah, in the apartment when you were chatting and finding out stuff. That's what you were doing when Stella was getting the information out of Tebow. Mm -hmm. okay. I'm just going to cast the cure wounds at, like, fourth level and just, like, suck up all the shadows in the room and just be like, yeah, that's better. <laughs> wow, is it just me or does this place look brighter? I do brighten the rooms I go into sometimes, <laughs> people have said. And then Stella's just going to grin and say, yeah, you do. Oh, wait, I have to turn that part of me off. <laughs> <laughs> it's just like I, I i don't need any information of, of karen I, I can turn my seduction mode off <laughs> now <laughs> all right let's go kill someone <clears throat> <laughs> wait what i thought we were going to rob a well <laughs> i think you guys are a bad influence kill people i thought we were just going to like finish the job oh wait that is kill people oh I, i'm definitely like i, I definitely don't want to kill um <clears throat> blythe horde but i i do want to i do want to chat with him a bit in in my own way well let's just see what happens <laughs> <laughs> boom okay stella's going through some stuff her alignment might have shifted a little bit farther onto the evil spectrum <laughs> 
yeah, I guess we head to the warehouse with Walter Tebow. Yeah. Uh, the bodyguard-like, tall, wide, suit-wearing, shaved-head man with sunglasses takes you to a warehouse. It's not in the docks, <laughs> but it's near there. And it's a big square building a few blocks away from the docks. Mm-hmm. He gestures at a door in the side of the building, and he says, Let's Ocean Eleven's this. Oh, I got this. <laughs> pick the lock, pick the lock, pick the lock, pick the lock. Okay. Pass you... without the trace. Oh, you've all got pass without a trace, and yeah. let's do a lock check. Easy. And this is, are you doing the loading door, which is like a garage door where it like, oh, oh, I'm sorry. It's like a medieval gate where it can be opened. Or are you doing a human or Jenny sized door? Probably the Jenny sized door. That'll, leave, that'll make less noise when open instead of a loud rattling metal scraping crap. Yeah. Yeah. And so that's up three stairs and there's railings on the stairs and then it turns and you can go into the building. Because it's a raised floor on the inside. So that's good to be my lowest, I believe, roll of the lock picking skill for 26. Okay. The lock is open. The door is unlocked before you. What do you do? Slowly open it. All right. I'd like you to do a stealth check. I'd love to. That's a nat 20 plus 15. That's 35. <laughs> That's not like, okay. The door, is it open? Is it closed? We don't know. It made no sound. <laughs> Your eyes adjust to the indoor light, which filters down through tree-like stacked aisles of shelving. There are, so there's shelving, you can see. There are cardboard boxes on this shelf, wood boxes on that shelf, cardboard on those shelves. Do I see the... Plain pine boxes. You do. I sneak over there. There are about ten plain pine boxes on a shelf. So this is what the number about ten looks like. I never knew. (laughs) Hey, I planned a lot for this adventure. (laughs) One, two, skip a few, ten. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. (laughs) All right, guys. Let's quietly move these out. Yeah, um, she, she um, Stella's gonna open her portable, uh, her portable hole. She's gonna take like a black, um, silk handkerchief and then unfold it, and then it becomes like basically a black hole. Hey, you can just put them in here. One, two, skip a few, ten. We're they're all in there. Hey, Jenny, like, uh, let's let's look around for some more things. I mean, we want Blythe Horde to know that we've been here. Definitely. That's, that's true. <laughs> and we just start throwing all the rest of the boxes in there. <laughs> just then I like clear the safe and put it inside the portable hole. Okay, I want you all to roll a stealth check for the end of the game. That's how you're ending it. This is how this is how things happened. S- Stella, if you like, I can just like draw in the dirt like your name, like Stella was here, and then he <laughs> would know that you were here. Sure. Yeah. Okay. I I cast a. Uh, Shape earth a few times to, uh, sorry, mold earth. Quietly, to... can you do that quietly? If you don't do it quiet, can't do it quietly, I would recommend not doing it. Uh, it's just coloring the dirt a bit. It's pretty quiet. Uh, my stealth roll is a 33. Okay. Oh, actually, uh, hey, I, oh, can, is... can you write something? How about you write, uh, don't mess with the Argentines? Sure. 
What, what does pass without a trace give us? Does that give us a bonus? Plus 10 still. Oh, I'm sorry. Then it's 43. Oh my wow. gosh, you guys. Yep. Uh-huh. <laughs> well, I only got the 20, so like <laughs> 20 total. 27. Yep. Yeah, you, no one detects you in this warehouse. <laughs> but Go ahead, no, narr- we were here. Well, narrate the I end of the scared. adventure. Yeah. Because you're undetected. Go ahead. See us out, everybody. What did we have written in the dirt? Don't mess with the Argentines. Don't mess with the Argentines. Okay, so in like pretty multicolored dirt, there's like don't mess with the Argentines next to where the boxes were. There's like, I presume, no trace of us at all. There's no footsteps, no nothing. The warehouse is completely cleaned out. Yeah, Stella's going to take full credit for this. (laughs) Walter seems pretty happy. He's here with us, with Lenny too. He's yeah. like probably the weakest link in terms of ratting us out, but <laughs> Lenny. Oh, and we go yeah. back. By the way, he rolled like a like a seven, so seventeen total. <laughs> and we end up going back to the uh, the shop, grabbing my lock pick, and then putting all ten boxes back where they're supposed to be. Oh, and in getting... the potion shop. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Getting paid, so we can get paid, or twenty k. Yeah. Because Walter's with us. Arthur's in the potion shop and it's open. Wait, he was gone though. Yeah, he was gone. He's back. Oh. oh hey, God. Arthur, we got your stuff and your brother. The yeah, I guess Walter comes in, and Walter goes and stiffens and stands straight up. Right, he's got the suit, he's got the bald head, he's got the sunglasses, and it looks like a bodyguard pose, but you know that it's in reaction to his brother. He was doing stuff at the counter, and Arthur with his flaming orange hair you know his chestnut skin straightens and looks at his brother and sets down the potion slowly and the cleaning cloth slowly and they both look at one another they don't say anything he says he's sorry he says he's sorry now hug and make up he betrayed me says arthur he he told people where the boxes were and they came and they emptied our containers i don't even know who did it or why he knows and he will tell you he's sorry, hug and make up. Walter says, I'm not sorry. I didn't betray him. And then one of you guys, please do an intelligence check as these two fools are yelling at one another in the potion shop. I'll try. I'll try. Kit. Uh, eight. <laughs> also eight. 19, because I rolled an 18. Jenny's got elephant ears, and Jenny knows that these walls are not soundproof. Anything these two fools would have discussed in this potion shop their customers would have heard the people outside the potion shop would have heard so jenny says hey dumbasses you know these walls are paper thin and everybody heard everything you discussed the two meatheads look at you in shock they're like so we both betrayed each other like i said he's sorry and he's sorry hug you're all made up brother and they do a cool fist bump they can't I know, hug. I said hug. Okay. They hug. And then Walter's like into into Arthur's like ear with the, you know, I'm sure there's some facial hair and he goes, you know, sniffle. Of course he wouldn't cry. And then he backs away. <laughs> now, we have your 10 boxes. They're full of nothing. Wink, wink, wink. Thin walls. <laughs> now, about our payment... 
And that concludes this adventure. <laughs> We're going to do some wrap-up stuff. You guys are going to get a lot of money. Okay, so um, let's narrate a little bit. Uh, I don't have this written down. I'm just going to freeform it. So what you have decided. So you have <laughs> sequestered Don Ravioli in the Argentine state. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Yep. <laughs> um, all right. Uh, you have returned the brothers to one another. They are they now know that neither betrayed one another. They're back on good terms. Yay! That's the secret best ending. Yay! Oh man, you stopped the whales from blobbing their way into town and killing people. You're welcome. <laughs> uh, and because now they know that they were overheard and that. Blythe Horde and his employee Dieter von Rickenbach were the ones who overheard them saying, oh, it's container 29, whatever. You know, now they know that it wasn't the Safiosi taking vengeance on them for steel, because the Wands did originally originate in the Safiosi. But the Safiosi still think Don Ravioli did it. Don Ravioli is in Stella's mansion. (laughs) These two get the Wands, which means that he's going to keep working for the Safiosi and you've solved the bread problem. Yeah, and, and Stella's gonna actually like she realizes that this FBO, like the mob's not the ones she's mad at. It's it's like her it's her biological father, so she's gonna try to get an in on the Safiosi family. Um, <laughs> so she, I, I guess she's gonna use her connection to do that. She, she's just totally gonna give him her her number because so that she can do some you know extra persuading. Yeah, uh, <laughs> this guy works for them. You've got uh, someone to introduce you to Don. The real Don is Don Sonal, and they're in Capacity. Okay. Cool. All right, you get a certain amount of dollars. You get 20,000 gold is what I said that Arthur would give you for finding the chests. Air quotes. Good job returning the air quotes treasure chests to him. <laughs> and you also get a free baked good every day from Ileana at Those Buns Dough for returning her regular customers safe and sound. Yay. It's the best treasure. And we stole a bunch of stuff. Ooh, uh, like maybe like later could could you eventually tell us what we ended up stealing from Blight's warehouse? Yeah, I thought we stole a lot. <laughs> yes, yeah. <laughs> oh, we stole a ton. I'm gonna give you guys um ten common items. Ooh, each. Okay. There you go. You can uh, if you want to randomly determine those instead of picking, that would be more fair. Okay. Yeah. And two uncommon items. Two uncommon. Box is full of stuff. Each. Each. Okay, cool. And a whole bunch of gold. Joining us today on this adventure were Stella. Um, yeah, so so I so I probably put my father out of business and um and I have his associate safely, like totally not um totally not in a dungeon in in, in my in my manner. Yeah, this was a good day. <laughs> <laughs> Jenny Oh you know Jenny returned to the apartment while the brothers were making up. And finishes moving him out. <laughs> moving day, moving day, moving day, moving day. <laughs> and for their first adventure ever, Karen. Yeah, it's still my first day trip, really, with the fire-breathing kittens. And uh, I learned that the lengths somebody will go through for their local baker are actually quite long. So, yeah, it's a pretty good day. And a secret for everyone... Those wands are powered by Ekenblim dust. If they suck enough dust out to have made someone a zombie or out of a zombie, they get one fireball charge. Oh. You're welcome. Bye! (laughs) And Jenny's the only one that has two of them. (laughs) Bye! Bye!
Hi, I'm Todd Van Allen, award-winning comedian and podcaster and host of the Comedy Above the Pub podcast. For over 15 years, my producer Darcy and I have talked to comedians, musicians, actors, politicians, a doctor even turned up in there for some reason. But all of our guests have one thing in common. They all have a funny story to tell. So listen to Cat P for free wherever you get your podcasts or for full video episodes and bonus content every week. Go to patreon.com slash C-A-T-P podcast. When you listen to Cat P, you're in for a good time. Stocks for beginners. Our management score turned up for Twitter right before Elon Musk made the buyout offer. A clear pathway to profitability and cash flow positivity. If you have a strategy, you want to stick to it. Whether we like it or not, we're all investors in the stock market, either directly or through our retirement plans. We're handing over management of our assets to financial advisors and mutual funds. Well, where's all the customers' yachts? Where do you go if you're completely new but want to start learning? Many confusing metrics, aren't there? Many confusing. Man, so crazy. You'll hear from people in the finance industry and together we'll explain the key concepts of investing while they share their financial knowledge. We have to be smart, we have to be diversified, and we have to have good risk management strategies if we want to invest for the long term, and that's what we're all about. Join me if you want to learn more about investing, the stock market, and finance. Stocks for Beginners podcast. Let's learn together.